being my friend. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode three of the Do One and Done pod. This is going to be a 30-second pod. We're not going to talk about anything else just to say Purdue lost, and let's move on. We hope you have a great rest of your week. Take care. Good night. Kentucky won. That's it. I'm sorry. I, I was ending it at 30 <laughs> seconds, so I didn't realize we were continuing to. Oh, we were just kidding, obviously. Not it's the D1 and Done pod presented by nobody, but we are sellouts, so we will absolutely take any corporate sponsorship or whatever bag you might happen to drop mm-hmm. on our doorsteps. We are looking forward to any kind of partnerships that you may have down the road. Hey, make sure you find us on social media. It's either, we're either on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are at D1 and Done pod. You can also email the show. We are D1, the letters D, the number one, and done pod at gmail.com. Make sure you leave us a like on, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Leave a review on our podcast pages, wherever you can find your podcast, and make sure you rate us five stars. Also, up front, before we jump into the show, shout outs to our five new Twitter followers before Ooh. we get started here today Brian Haydad, Nathan Sinders, C3H8King. <laughs> Doesn't have his name, but still got to give him a shout out. Andrew Norwood and Dylan Grimmins, all five of those uh, wonderful Rizzo, Rizzo. gentlemen. Oh my gosh! Get he's trying to eat the wings. <laughs> you know, he, not trying. He got a wing. Did he got a wing? He got a wing. <laughs> For the people out there, we are recording at a new place today, Robbie's house, and we have new studio control at my place. Have. And my dog just jumped up <laughs> on the counter and ate a wing. Unbelievable. You know, the disrespect that I'm showing this household <laughs> following my team's terrible defeat is unacceptable. <sighs> anyway, if this is your first time listening to the D1 and Done pod, welcome. We are obviously a, basically a Dusty Mills pod, and Nick and I just happen to be around and mm-hmm. just enjoy the fun. By the way, I'm Robbie Donahoe. To my left, Dusty Mills. To my right, Nick Mills. And Dusty played Division One college basketball at Kentucky and Ball State. Nick and I, um, we played basketball. Mm-hmm. We can either confirm or deny at any level of what that was, but we played basketball. Well, if you listen to our first two podcasts, you know I have a varsity Letterman jacket. You so 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 would say I played at a I high level. I want to Nick credit. Nick actually played in a sectional game. Uh, Robbie did not. <laughs> so why would you even say that? On this podcast, we, that was, that's probably the meanest thing you've ever <laughs> said to me. It's okay, Robbie. Because my, my junior year was because of concussions, and then my senior year, I just I didn't play that. Hell, it's Robbie. I played two years of varsity basketball. The only game I never got in was the one section <laughs> win in my life. That's the only game I never checked into the basketball game, so it all works out. That's interesting. All right. It was a big week of college basketball, as you well know. If you were listening to this pod right now, you probably just got done watching Ohio State's big win over the Purdue Boilermakers. You could have seen that one in the stars coming from a from miles and miles away as interim head coach Jake Diebler comes on and gets his first career win as coach of the Buckeyes. We will go through uh, the coaching search from Ohio State uh, in a little bit. Uh, But guys, I'd want to start first, before we jump into storylines, I want to start first with um, All-Star Weekend that was Mm. here in Indianapolis. Um, I know we're a college basketball pod, but I want to first start with just how awesome it's been that the city of Indianapolis has really represented so well, and it's been amazing to see all the different celebrities and fans that have made their way over here um, to our wonderful city. We are based around Indianapolis, but I mean, everyone knows it seems like you almost have to believe it first before you actually can realize how great of a city Indianapolis is. And it's a great city for hosting these kinds of occasions and moments. Um, Friday's uh, rising stars and the celebrity game was awesome. Saturday was awesome with the dunk contest, three point shooting contest, skills contest, and then obviously the all star game on Sunday. But overall, 
Nick, you were downtown. Mm-hmm. What was it like being around all the festivities and, and fanfare of All-Star Weekend? Yeah, so first of all, good afternoon, everyone. Hello Excited there. to be here. We're here. Uh, but yeah, I was downtown all weekend, so um, I'm not feeling A-plus today, I think it's fair to say. Why we, would that be? We just, you know, I, I stayed up late watching the film last night. That's you know, I was crunching the numbers. Good. Had a good time. So I was expecting. And so forewarning, I was not as locked into college basketball, but again, I'm a I'm a student of the games. So I watch I not watch, but uh, went through the scores. You know, I got all the data ready, so but You're a researcher. Researcher, you they do, say. You do your research before you make I, decisions. I do my homework. Yes. Some would say Robbie. Right. I say all that to say it was awesome downtown. You, Robbie it is a great hosting city because obviously the the Super Bowl's here was that twelve years ago now? <sighs> I Didn't we have another one after that? Or was so it the really G- the one in 2008 when the Giants won? I thought it, we had another one after that. It was the second one. No, it was the second one. Okay. It was the second time the Giants okay. beat them. But yeah, it's just a great hosting city. And let's, let's say, like you said, like it's just so cool Indianapolis being like on the limelight. And like again, everything's close together. Lucas yep. Oil, Gamebridge are all next to each other. And, and just like the reason we say it's a good hosting city. So like, like so I stay in my buddy's apartment. We did not walk outside to get to Gamebridge. Like you can take all these different routes like through the mall and everything. Everything's close together. Obviously, uh, Indianapolis cannot control the weather. That's that was a problem this weekend. But that also goes to show you just how great of a city it right. is. Through through cold and two to three inches of snow, everyone still had a great time. It was awesome. It was so snowy Friday. It was yes, a it was. crab. We, you can probably get to you. He had troubles getting down there himself. And also too, like you know, Indianapolis has we get called Naptown. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of mean jokes about Indiana. If you watch Parks and Rec, basically the whole premise of the show is making fun of. Indiana's Indiana, yep. so it's just so great to get these opportunities, and because all of you guys heard this in forty nine states, it's just basketball, y'all. But this here in Indiana, this is Indiana. By the so. way, you bring up Parks and Rec. Eagleton is definitely Carmel. One hundred trillion percent. Eagleton is Carmel. If you ever seen Parks and Rec, watch it. And if you've been around Carmel, Indiana, you will know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, Dusty, I want to get your thoughts about All Star Weekend being in Indianapolis. I think it's perfect. I think it's awesome. Um, I think most sporting events should come to Indianapolis. They do host events so well. I say all the time, um, this is where I was born and raised. It's probably where I'll always live, to be honest. It's not my favorite city in the world. I'll be blunt about that. Mm-hmm. But especially when it comes to hosting events, Indy does it so well. And part of it is the proximity that everything is so close. So Nick brought up the weather. <laughs> I came down Friday. I almost turned around at one point because we just got a snowstorm out of nowhere, and it was horrible. Yeah. But once I got there, it was, I mean, for I was there for four hours. We had a great time. And they just, the city does such a good job of just hosting people and making events close and just having things going on. You could be at Lucas Oil or Game Bridge now is what it's called. The convention center, wherever you're at, it's just they do such a good job of putting events Right, because a famous example of this is when the Super Bowl's in Dallas one year. Like, apparently, like, they spread everything out from Arlington to Fort yeah. Worth to Dallas, and it's just a mess to get everywhere. So it's just it's just perfect for Remember, I think I mentioned like that this. I went to the Final Four by myself back in— Oh, that's right, when yeah. Florida was there, yeah. Yeah, when Florida, Kentucky, when UConn won it. Yeah. Um, and it was a 45-minute drive to every destination. That's awful. And that's—I've learned that going to other— so from bouncing around to a couple different college bowl games when I was covering college football, the college bowl games are in base are usually in NFL stadiums. And like one of my least favorite was Tampa, like when the Outback Bowl, like that that stadium's near nothing, and it's it's terrible. Charlotte Stadium is downtown, which is really nice, but I don't think people understand the aspect of building these new stadiums. You're taking up all this new land and area, but you're taking it away 
from the downtown of the area. Well, now the, the new big things. one would be what FIFA's doing with the World Cup when it's here and having the World Cup finals at the Giants in, and Jets in New Jersey, Stadium which was and, yeah, a New terrible Jersey. choice. That's where it's awful at? choice. Yeah, yeah, the, just yeah World Cup finals going to be at MetLife Stadium. Yep. Can you believe that? Which one no. already has? You know, they're, they're claiming they're going to put real tur- real grass and they will. The they, final. they have to. Have it, to. It, to, to follow but, FIFA yeah, regulations. Yes, you're having an issue with the stadium that's already having ACL issues and Achilles issues, and now you're going to take it in the middle of nowhere. And the people from coming from you know. Uh, internationally, you're going to be like, where the hell is this place? Yeah, it's because they're expecting to see New York City, right? right. Mm-hmm. And it's not, and, and it's, it's uh, Jersey, and it's East Rutherford, New Jersey. It's Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and then just one more thing on the Indian hosting, like it was just so cool, like, like that, like Halliburton got highlighted, like guys like Reggie Great, Miller, yeah. like the like you know high school game, like the movie Hoosiers got referenced a lot. So it was just so cool to like watch Indiana get celebrated like this for it, basketball for a weekend. It could not have come at a more perfect time with the kind of the ascension and the rise of the Pacers in general. Absolutely. So everyone got to see. Right, because we were talking about this happened like three years ago with like the, they were kind of in no man's land. Like it just, they like, still would have done a great job, but it still, it, it would not have had the same impact. Mm. And now with the Pacers starting to build a franchise, you know, there's more recruiting in the NBA now than there really ever has been. So I was talking about this last night. So we, my wife and I were over watching of friends, Nate Hahn, who listens to the show. Shout out Nate. No and, free ads. And his wife, Megan, who was <laughs> my cousin actually. And I was telling him, this is the perfect time for the Pacers to have this um, platform. To have a fun all-star game, to win the skills competition last time, to have Hal Hal who's so likable, and then even even Miles Turner who can get more likable <laughs> for the Pacers fans. I'm I'm, I'm a fan of Miles the by the way. Awesome guy. Yes. So oh yeah. Oh yeah. Lego collections for days. I would love to have him on the show. Yeah. Um, but they just had this cohesive view. And you talk about recruiting. I mean, fun city, fun set of young personnel. This is the perfect time for them to have just this platform. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. And that's also. A big shout out to any sports corporation, Pacer Sports and Entertainment, everyone who's involved in what everything that goes on downtown. They've done a phenomenal job for months planning and getting this stuff ready. Well, I was gonna say, maybe you're gonna say this, planning it after it got canceled because of COVID. That's right. So they had to read. Very challenging. Yes. So that that's a whole other layer of this. So uh, shout out to everyone involved in the planning, the aspects of everything with All Star Weekend. And just one more thing about like planning change you remember this this city or state had to host a 21 instantly tournament from start to finish that's right so like just coordinating all that so it just delivers time and time again it's definitely a source of pride for all three of us as we are so close and so interwoven into athletics in the state of indiana so it's been really cool to see kind of the city and the state once again shine in that spotlight um so been a great all-star weekend and uh, we definitely look forward to seeing more events come to this uh to indianapolis uh before we jump into bigger storylines obviously the big storyline is we're jumping into this pod is Ohio State beating Purdue 73-69. Wouldn't say it was a surprise per se. Oh, I thought Ohio State played very well. Purdue, I don't think they played great. It was that nine-point stretch that Jameson Battle had where he had back-to-back-to-back threes that kind of sunk Purdue. Boilermakers did make a comeback in the second half that they were able to uh, get be right there and then uh, Bruce Thornton hit a clutch shot down those stretch. So did Jameson Battle. So uh, Buckeyes um, halt the Purdue nine-game win streak, and that's a big win for Ohio State. They're still not really in the tournament picture. But what I want to start with, guys, is the hot board for Chris Holtman. Obviously, the big story of the week, I, I would argue, is Chris Holtman no longer the head coach at Ohio State. Just real th- quick on Ohio State, Purdue, real quick. It was kind of like the theme of the season, right? Just another top ten team losing on the road to an unranked team. We gave you that stat last week, and sure enough, it in comes pr- to fruition. And Purdue's twenty-three and three now, and their three losses, as you know, are like 
all road losses to unranked teams, and they got court stormed in all three. <laughs> right. So it's just kind of like we've seen this before already. But like you said, the story of the college basketball says Chris Holtman getting fired on Wednesday. I don't. Know, I did not think this was gonna happen middle of the season. Not middle of the season, no. And especially within an athletic director change, I was very surprised by that as well. Um, the AD, the current AD is Gene Smith. Ross Bjork will be coming in. Um, in July, I believe, to relieve Gene Smith as he retires and leaves Ohio State. But Gene Smith said, quote, this team needed different leadership. And obviously, I mean, I've been saying it all year, Ohio State has the talent. There's no question about it. And if, I mean... Had it last year, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And... And showed today. And that's... I don't know if this is... If this is just... If this is an indictment on Chris Holtman or just the energy around, you know, a new change of leadership. But... This shows that Ohio State has the horses to be a good basketball team. Bruce Thornton's a great guard. Jamison Battle is one of the best shooters in the country. You've got a really good player in Roddy Gale, some big, some big guys inside that can play too. Uh, but I just want to run through Chris Holtman's resume when he was at Ohio State. And I remember when, when you arrived here, Nick, you said Chris Holtman was there at Ohio State for seven years. Yes, he was there for seven years. Now, he was 137-85 and 85 in his seven years. That's okay. Uh, maybe the bigger indictment, 67-64 and 64 in the mm. Big Ten. Not great. He also got a $14 million buyout from his contract, which I don't understand. At this point for Ohio State, you're not making the tournament. You might as well just let him play it out and get see what you can do at that point. That's the problem I was going to say is something has to be going on internally if you're going to make this decision on February when they announced that. I think Valentine's was Day. All Valentine's it was Valentine's Day. Day. It was February 14th. Um, usually like, usually that coincides with someone saying, hey, I'll write the check. You can do it now. Yeah. Which is kind of what happened with Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. And I think you cannot overstate the fact that the AD is leaving. So like, I think he right. wanted to make yeah. sure he fired him and he's going to make – this is going to be his last decision he makes. Yeah, this so is going to be the last one. Um, that's probably why they want to do it sooner rather than later. To, it is a little bit surprising that Chris Holman did last as long as he did because he never got past the round of 32 um, in his seven years at Ohio State. So, yeah, made the tournament – all for five. He would have made in 2020. Uh-huh. They're projected to be like a five seed, but yeah. would have made the tournament all for. But yeah, never got out of the and first. And he, I mean, they've had some, te- like, they've had NBA players throughout. Kata Bates Diop in 17 with Jay Sean Tate. He's now playing in the NBA. Did you know Jaden Ledee was at, was at Ohio State? Yeah. I did not know that he transferred from Ohio State to uh-huh. San Diego State. Did not know that. Dwayne Washington, Caleb Wesson. The the 2020 team started the downfall. That was when they lost to Oral Roberts. Yeah, that's that, the funny loss right that there. That team had EJ Liddell, Dwayne Washington, Justin Suing. They were really good, but they lost four straight to end the regular season and then went on a Big Ten tourney run. Uh, they lost to Villanova in 21, obviously didn't make the tournament in 22, and then fired in uh, 2023. And real quick, you mentioned NBA guys. You mentioned Bryce Sensiball last year. Uh, yeah, Sensiball was another one. Miles Brennan was uh, the other one. Malachi Branham, Malachi who's Branham, now with the Spurs, yeah. who I think is going to be a really good player in the NBA. Um, he's now with the Spurs. But um, I just the timing was off and weird, and I think that's where it comes into – you know, obviously, someone put out a fourteen million dollar check that Ohio State could could use, and hopefully, it doesn't bounce. But Ohio State's got the money. But I, I've been it, surprised. It was Robbie. <laughs> it's not me. I'm surprised at some of the names that have been coming out as rumored candidates to be head coach at Ohio State because Ohio State is not a bridge job. It's, in my opinion, I believe it's a destination job with the resources and facilities and what they have at their disposal. Now, in terms of maybe results they've had in the past, maybe they're not they're well, they're not at the level of North Carolina, Duke, um, Kentucky, Kentucky, Thanks, Robbie. Villanova, teams like that, but 
they've made Final Fours in the last 25 years. They were they made the national they were national runners up in 2007 and no they they were in 2012. That was a team that lost to Kansas mm-hmm. uh, with uh, with Selinger. But like names like Greg McDermott, Mick Cronin, Sean Miller, the these are the names that they've got on their hot board. I am shocked. Like they're not trying to go get a big time name that has that's I guess more of an up and coming coach that's had success. McDermott's mine. In the re- I, I think in the that's a terrible him, move. And the reason I say, and again, I know him personally, so I could be wrong on this, but I think everyone assumed that once his son went to the NBA, that that was his success. Mm-hmm. He's continued to make even better yeah. creating what they've done. Yeah, sure. At some point, he has to look at that job and be like, how long can I make a great Creighton? So a job like this would be perfect to go part no, the guy, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. It's, like, it's, it's great for the coach. Is it great for Ohio State? See, I guess yeah, I, well, I, that, I would argue they could do better than but that. But that's what I'm saying, though, is for him to prove what he can do at Creighton after his son leaves. Sure, yes. Clearly he knows what the hell he's doing. Right. Sorry, go ahead, Nick. Just a point I was going to make, because you're asking, you're talking about, like, who they going to go get. I think part of I just make this point, too, because I think it ties into both things. Like, Louisville and IU are probably both could be open, too. So I think there's yeah. going to be a big competition for a lot of these. Okay, IU, we mean, I'd assume Louisville's not, is going to be open. IU, my point being... There's going to be a lot of competition for a lot sure. of these big-name coaches. So that's why, like, you start trying to get a big-name coach. Like, so you, like, are not into the idea of, like, Sean Miller or McDermott. Like, who's, like, your guy? I don't, I don't think, like, a retread hire or a guy that's been a mainstay at a school makes no sense to go from where he is right now to Ohio State. It's an up-and-coming, young, big name Okay, so that, that I would lean towards. Like a Dusty May, like a Lamont Paris, okay. like a Wes Miller. I was going to bring up Lamont and Dusty May. Okay. If you're told right now, 2024, with everything going on, Louisville, IU, Ohio State, pick one. Where, where do you want to now make this? Hey, you're going to... Where do I want to go? Yeah. Like between it, the three? Oh, I'm picking Ohio State. Okay. that's, that's Because it, it... I think I'd pick I, Louisville, but look, there's such I, I think a mess with everything going on. I'm not sure that is still the best. But like, historically, like it, Louisville's one of the best five to six program, or maybe not that, but still it is. I mean, they're, they're a top ten program. Top, top yeah. ten for sure. Let's yeah. just leave it there. Mm-hmm. I think the, ex, later. the expectations at Ohio State are more attainable than what you're going to see at IU and, L- and Louisville. Now, IU and Louisville may, may drop a much bigger bag to get you to come there, but I would choose Ohio State over, those, over Louisville, IU, every single time from what you are getting in return in the position that it puts you in. So... Let me, let me run through some other names real quick that, that are also rumored. So Wes Miller, the Cincinnati head coach, currently has the best odds to be the next Ohio State coach. I think that would be a good hire. Uh, Sean Miller is at plus 700. I don't get that whatsoever. Um, Dusty May is at plus 1,000. And then my guy, I, I think Lamont Paris would be the best choice. And it's funny that right after I said, I think it was earlier this week, um, where I said Lamont Paris, he's from Finley, Ohio. He played at Worcester College, which is in Ohio. Um, funny that yesterday his South Carolina team loses at home to LSU. Can, bad can loss, we, can by we, the way. Really bad loss. Can we draw any parallels to maybe making that connection of – I had not thought some, about that. Some things you mean like not focused and conversations so, are being yeah, had? So maybe players are hearing about it, so maybe they're not as – Let me bring this up to you because I think you can speak from experience on this as well is do – do the rumors of coaches leaving, does that affect how players play in college? Players, I don't. Okay. Especially at that age level. I don't think they care. Okay. I don't think they have a um, – again, I'm talking 13, 14 years out, so maybe the next generation is a little more 
enclosed on it, but I would Kids say these no. these days. It, yeah, really, seriously, could be. In my age. Um, but I, I would say no, because I think in the end, I think the assistant coaches honestly have more of an impact on if you think one of them is leaving, you have a relationship that's more important that makes than sense, the head yeah. coach. Um, but I could see a head coach and it topping from the, you know, coming down from the top being like, okay, he's not really focused this week. We hear these rumors. Now, coach, so the three of us being the assistants, the three of us, one of us isn't locked in because we can't get information. That could topple down to players from my knowledge. Well, I have a question. What if, like, reporters were asking all week? Do you think that could be? Yeah. If you're just getting hounded about it every day, do you think maybe that would make it effective? I, I, I truly don't. Um, again, maybe I'm in the minority where I was always like, if I got asked questions I thought were stupid, it wouldn't change how I would practice that week or play or would it mm. not. Um, maybe it could. And maybe it's an excuse to not go all in for your next game. But um, there definitely looks like there could be a correlation something like That's that. What I'm, but I'm, I'm curious if there was anything on Wednesday, too, for people to see. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Like Auburn beat it by 40. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which okay, – that's another thing we're going to talk about here in, in I have moments. one more question to, like – I'm not even saying you're wrong, per se. It's like, why are you so, like, pumped about Lamont Paris, who has only one great year of South Carolina so far, but, like, Greg McDermott, you're like – Heck no. It's I just there's something about Ohio State that it, it's, like he, they're creating top four in the Big East every year. I'm not discounting right? the success that he's had at Creighton, but I think Ohio State is the kind of program that you need the young, up and coming, sexy hire. Greg McDermott does not fit that at all for me. Now, is he a good basketball coach? There's no question because he continues to have success at Creighton, but I'm just I'm not sure how he would fit in with. What Ohio State and their brand is. Okay. As someone who used to be an Ohio State fan back in the day, it just it feels like an odd fit. Sorry, I was giggling on the side because Greg Demer. Uh, <laughs> I can't even say it right now. I am a fan of him, and I've heard him at press conferences. He's funny, but he would probably agree with you when you talk about young and sexy. <laughs> that's not him. So it's just. No, it's definitely not him. Yeah, no. no. Handsome fellow, just not. But, McDermott, I'm here for you to get the Ohio State job if you want it. Now, here, here's the other name that a lot of Buckeye boosters are pushing for that I don't know if he's even attainable. Jay Wright. Yeah, that's what everyone's dream coach is right now. And I will say, I think Ohio State checks a lot of the boxes that Jay Wright could come back to. But I just don't know if Jay Wright has any interest in going back into college coaching, and I, and I would guess probably not. No, there's I mean there's always the ridiculous Kentucky fans who throw that out there too. Like mm-hmm. the, I say all that to say, I don't think there's any chance he's coming back to college basketball. I think Brad Stevens is going to be in the country. <laughs> oh, no, can we play that game that we brought up a couple weeks ago? <laughs> Who's our funniest Ohio State hire right now? Because I have, I have Meyer. one. Urban I Meyer. <laughs> I thought about that one as we were funny. driving here. That would be funny. Funniest. Um, I mean, that motto would be kind of that funny. That motto would be pretty funny. Archie? Ar- Archie Miller? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Ohio Ties. He's not doing great at Rhode Island right now. Oh, well, actually, that's yours. Anthony Grant, is that name being thrown Anthony out? Anthony Grant's a name that's being thrown out there. And that's, he, like, doing good at Dayton. Ohio, it, and that's why it's it's interesting to see the hot board and names that are popping up. A lot of them are have Ohio connections because a lot of I mean, to recruit this, like Ohio's a really good basketball state. I don't know if people realize it. And there's Sports a lot of state, basketball and football. Yeah, basketball and football. But in terms of like the college programs in the state of Ohio, like Dayton's having a great year. Anthony Grant, that would that would make sense. But again, another kind of retread because yeah. he didn't really do great at Alabama. No, uh, he did good at VCU and obviously couldn't make that jump. But and that's why 
those are the kinds of names that I, I don't really understand why you're going to go for a retread when you can go out and get someone who, who has shown that he's an up-and-coming coach. I think that fits to more of what, what Ohio State is. That's just my opinion. Fair enough. And, and But there's another name on there that uh, a lot of people are trying to push as well is Will Wade. I, when you, we're, you said VCU, that popped in my head. It's like, Will and Wade? Honestly, Will Wade wouldn't that – would, that, would that would fit really well, I think. Especially fit with Ross Bjork being the yeah, AD. Yeah, it would. That makes a lot well, of sense. Well, that's another thing. Ross Bjork, I know he's, I'm not sure if he's like in charge, but he's known for getting like the big name hire. Like, mm-hmm. that's his MO. So, like you said, like the McDermott would not fit that bill either. No. So, I'm going to get crapped on for saying this. Anyone can read between lines if you want to. But uh, when I think of Will Wade, I think of Louisville. We'll just leave it at that. It doesn't that's make a lot of sense. Too. Be. There's yeah. a reason Ross can call him the un- American gangster. Yeah. Because he's a. Uh, so uh, yeah, we'll wait a little bit. So you want to hear my funny one that I thought think yeah. could be Ohio State's next coach? I'll just simply say, quiet. <laughs> coach K's board retirement gets a nice I mean, little he, paycheck. He's Lee Ohio yeah. State University. <laughs> so I'll make I will make that connection for you. It's you know Bob Knight is one of Coach K's proteges. Bob Knight played at Ohio State. So what if Coach K comes back and takes over Coach Knight's alma mater in, in his honor? It's a full circle. Maybe. Which, by the way, another like guy with those connections, Chris Mack. Is he? Now he's in Ohio State. Is he? Is he going to come back to college basketball? I just thought of him. I'm... And I, I thought he got too quick of a hook at Louisville. Same. Um, Same. I, I still think he's a pretty good coach because he did very well at Xavier. He got um, him as a one seed one yeah, year. Yeah, he did. So yeah, I don't. I, again, that that feels like a retread, but I think that's more believable than some of the other ones that are out there. I, I still think. think a big name, and unless it's like a Brad Stevens thing, where I've you know been on this pod and said. To my knowledge and people that I spoke to, Brad Stevens never coming back to college basketball. But the name I would throw out again that we played a couple weeks ago is still Billy Donovan. Does I mean, he have any desire to come back I, to college? Yeah, hey, I, those Bulls are playing well the last couple weeks, Crab. Yeah, they're going to be in that plan. <laughs> I um, think with, with where the in the direction that college sports and college basketball in general is going with recruiting and NIL, I think coaches – like what he wanted to. I, I, don't I don't think know. so. I don't yeah. think so. I really don't. Now, that – again – Ohio State makes sense. So that and that's there's a lot of names I could see that could do really well at Ohio State. I just I don't if they settle for a a na- like a Greg McDermott, I think that kind of fits in the Chris Holtman area of he's a good coach and he can win games, but is he really going to take the program to where it has the ability to get to? So is it, is it just because Creighton has too many white guys for you? No, you it's, no, that, it's not at all. I it just, is for it, me. It, just, I just, it does not, it's you don't not want, a good fit. You don't want the Ryan Kalkburner types running around. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not a good fit, I think. All right, um, so we'll keep an eye on the hot board for Ohio State. I, I don't think Jake Diebler would have a chance to get the job now. He certainly earned that win today, had a good scouting report against Purdue, which we're going to talk about that. A little bit later in the show, the blueprint to beat Purdue, because I think Minnesota has has potentially shown some wrinkles that could throw Purdue into a tough spot going forward. But anyway, Dusty, your said and done storyline for this week. I had three. Okay. It's so, it, it, storyline, Crab. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> okay, well, the, the one I'm going to focus on is actually because we just spent 10 minutes probably talking about Ohio State and figuring out a coach and who to bring in and yeah. these great names and whatnot. So I have a uh, public service announcement to mm. Ken- the Kentucky basketball fan base. Last week, remember I came on the pod after a wedding, so I didn't really see much of the Gonzaga game. I saw the first half. Second half, I saw the final score. Mm-hmm. 
And then I said on the podcast they would go 2-0 and this week. You want me to play that sound? Yeah, feel free. Honestly, you know what? That could Honestly, be Auburn. Uh, for people, they got smoked at Florida yesterday. Florida beat the brakes off. Kentucky's going to go two and zero this week. It's just one of those years. I, I will. This is that 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 Kentucky at Auburn game feels like a game where Kentucky just shows up and finds a yep, way to that's win. That's my point. And I said that with an eye roll. Like, no, maybe, it's not like I'm being cocky. No, maybe no, no, no. Them away from home is actually. They, they could need. definitely. They could definitely win that game. That was AI generated. <laughs> <laughs> Applause for Dusty on that. So last night. Watching that game and watching this team once again showing how good they can be. And admittedly, last week I was for the first time ever kind of on the okay, I'm Cal's making me nervous. Said he needed to win in March. They break the doors off Auburn yesterday, never, never squandered the lead, led the entire game from start to finish. And afterwards, he walks in and does the most Cal thing. This is why I've loved him since UMass. And I love, I mean, Carmelo Trevieso, Marcus Camby, that team that went to the Final Four and actually lost to Kentucky. I actually had a UMass t-shirt um, in elementary <laughs> school because I love that team so much. I've always loved John Calipari. And he walks in with so much swagger last night and yells at the media and says, yell at me, don't yell at the kids. And then he was getting, sh- uh, sorry, he was getting crapped on. Getting crapped on, yeah. On Twitter. And by... by I have that sound by too, by, by the way. You want to you listen to that as yeah, well? Yeah, play it real quick. So this is John Calipari. As, as we mentioned, he kind of came after the media after that uh, after the win um, over Auburn. We have some people here that are there for a reason. We're going to make this out to be... Please just lead my players. Let them be young and learn and keep attacking me. I may be the worst in the country. Just attack me and leave these kids alone. Okay? Thank you. And yes. So what I'll say is I saw big Kentucky media names last night that I will not call up at the moment. If you know, you know. Yeah. Also ripping on him for that. And then, you know, I think, all, all I think that comes from the Nick Saban playbook right there, too. That. Okay. That's a get, great call. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. That is my man right there. That is jo- – I – Defend John Calipari every year when Kentucky fans get mad about him. Who the hell do you want? I I don't I don't comprehend. I don't get it. I he is the man, and that's if I'm a player. That's if you walk in and you're like, okay, go be a 19 year old and go just. If my coach if my coach did that, like yeah, that's my coach. I'm playing for him. That's that's my guy. Can I just say address elephant room because I was very tough on Calipari last week. I said that's why I was hesitant because we I I think I said this last episode that was the first time like because every year is like yeah that was the first time I was on that was the first time I was ever like wait a minute maybe somewhere on to something so yeah I was very critical last week but I think I did say I would not fire him Mm -hmm. and I still think what I said was true like it was not the end of the world last week but also to know this this week. Everything's not solved going forward. That being no, said, no, it's not. It's not. But that being said, awesome, awesome. They gave up 122 points this week, yep. which that you, if you told usually me, that happens in one game when they play. If you told me Auburn, okay. no, seriously, if you told me Auburn scored 122, <laughs> be like, that's not impossible against this team. So it's just their defense was so great this week. So shout Cal Perry, I was very critical, and they the, were awesome. And the this last week. thing I want to yep. say, I'm going to get this off my chest, um, and I defend the Kentucky fan base. I appreciate the passion. I appreciate all of it. But yesterday was the epitome that to me. A lot of those fans are rooting for Calipari to fail just by reading stuff. And again, that could be the minority of the fan base, but the people that are outspoken about it, it is frustrating to watch. Have so much freaking fun with a guy who's going to bring in all this talent and may have some failures, right? But I am so back and just so excited about this team going forward. You can't be anything but encouraged after that win over Auburn. Like, that was... 
That was quintess. That again. That was, was awesome. quintessential Kentucky showing up and and being like, you know, screw the haters. We're gonna go win and this game. They're saying like, well, Auburn didn't play well. That, well, that's part of the thing. When teams play bad, you take advantage of it, and they led from start to finish. And that was the question I wanted to ask both of you. Was that win a product of Kentucky's defense taking a big step, or was it a product of Auburn kind of just not playing very well offensively? I think the story is Kentucky, but. So I always answer Kentucky, but also I, I don't think you cannot – like Auburn's a big equation this too. Because yeah. this is the second straight game now after Gonzaga thrashed them to pick and roll. Ole Miss no Auburn attacked a pick and roll that much at all. So I do think there's a little criticism of Auburn here. And by the way, they've lost some big games also. I don't know how many quad wins they have. They, they don't have – they have I think two quad one wins if I'm not mistaken. Let me, I'll pull up the resume, but it's, it's not many. But you see, I think most trade goes Kentucky, but I don't think like Auburn has. Well, they yeah. did, they did some weird things. I think too. it goes into the whole you know the argument we people always have: did one team win or did one team lose it? I think there's something to be said that Kentucky went into a raucous environment. College game day was there. That place is not easy to play in. Uh, my story that I'm going to tell you from my Kentucky days is actually from being at Auburn. Um, just perfect timing. So I, I, I personally give Kentucky the credit. Again, I think it starts from the from the very top where Cal Parry, when he wants to show his swagger, he shows it. And from what I know about him, he came in this week and was like, boys, let's let's shut everyone up. So to me, it's full-blown credit to Kentucky because I can assure you there's probably no one in the country, and to me the two best teams are UConn and Purdue, that want to go play in, uh, at, play at Auburn, especially on Saturday night. Yeah. And remember, we mentioned earlier, they beat the – Breaks all side client just on Wednesday night at in that same arena. Auburn is two and five in quad one went in quad one games this year. Yeah, two and five. Two. It, we're middle of February now. Like you've had plenty of opportunities. We're, we're we're thinking about giving a top four seed to a team that has two quad one wins. And, and I'm five. guessing those two wins are home in the five are probably South on the road. Car- uh, I think South, South Carolina, Carolina Alabama. and Alabama. Those those that's it. Yeah. So yeah, I think again the story is Kentucky, but Auburn now it's like how can anyone trust them at this point? And Katie Johnson's a maniac. <laughs> I think I think he, he is I think a, Bruce Pearl would even say I think he is a roller coaster of <laughs> disaster and excitement all in, roped into one. So, I mean, yeah, Kentucky absolutely deserves all the credit, and I will completely agree with you, Dusty. Is Calipari that that team came to play on Saturday, and that's the that's the first time I think I've seen Kentucky play as well as they have probably since November in the non-conference. Uh, it, it felt like the North Carolina game. I felt, was about to reference the North Carolina like game. The, they looked like that it team. It felt like yeah. the team that was going to go in the COVID insulate tournament that I thought was very good. It reminded me of the 2015 team and just reminded me of back when Cal had the great line saying, uh, scared money, you don't make no money. Um, I used to have a shirt that said that. I cannot find it. I'm guessing my brother Jake stole you it. You need money for that shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still have your UK 2K shirt? I don't know if I ever got one. I, oh, you, you didn't get one? I had one, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I, I always thought it. that was really cool. It was cool. so great. First team um, of 2,000 wins, that was always really again, cool to playing me. playing with that confidence and that swagger, and that's how he gets those guys to the league. It, they just were a different team, and I love it. Just one last note, Kentucky. This shows just how like up and down they've been. We've had three like completely different stories about Kentucky <laughs> in, our, in our three yeah, podcasts. Three episodes, three different storylines on Kentucky. <laughs> I know you got other storylines, but I want to keep it to I'll, your main one to start. Okay. So I'm going to switch gears to Nick. Nick, you're said and done storyline for this week. I think this is where I – some my – theme is one seed, but really it's UConn, because we're three episodes in, and we've really not talked about Connecticut. We haven't talked about UConn at all, so right? I, think, yeah. I just want to shout to them, so again, we're, we're Kentucky fans, but I don't know how you feel about UConn. I'm, I cannot, I'm not a big different. Yeah, I'm not a big UConn person at all. I've seen them lose in tournament all the time. That being said, they dominated the NCAA tournament last year. Yeah. They are, 
uh, with Purdue losing today, probably the number one team in the country going forward. And they have the chance to be the first team to go back-to-back since 06, 07, Florida. And I just want to shout out UConn real quick on this. So 91, 92 do go back-to-back. They bring back four of the five starters. But the fifth guy starts 92, he started 11 games year before. Or year before. So essentially... Brandon, yeah. Basically, all basically five the guys. same team, yeah. Florida, all five starters come back from 06, 07. UConn loses their top two lean scores from last year, Sunogo and uh, Jordan, Hawkins. Jordan Hawkins, and their sixth lean scorer, Andre Jackson. First round picks the Bucks, so he's still a, so yeah. three of their best players, and here they are again, middle of February, the best in the country. They smoked my Marquette Golden Eagles oh, they yesterday. Beat them to shreds. So just again, I was out of balance. We left my buddy's apartment. It was sixteen sixteen. We get to where at? Turn on the TV. It's forty four twenty six. So it just turned around a dime. UConn's really good again, and that does not make me so too happy. So there were my storylines. All I'm going to say, and I say this in the nicest way possible, you were talking about the villain of the college basketball being Purdue last week. Camp Spencer oh, is the him. ultimate villain. It, I do and not I mean, like the, him. He, he plays with so much swagger, so much arrogance. This is a guy who started at Loyola, Maryland, then went to Rutgers, and now at UConn. And I, I did not like him at Rutgers. No. He, made, yeah. he made a big shot against Purdue he, last year. He had no majesty when they were up 30 that he basically was given the middle finger to everyone. And, I mean, <laughs> yeah. God bless to him. And I am someone who will say as well, I have never liked UConn because they always win as a 10 seed. Or, you know, technically They have nine, made the Final Four six times and have five national championships. That is yeah, insane. And that was pri- – that was – so they started that in 99. 99. They, they really didn't have a program. And there was no level. I remember watching the game with my parents in their living room. They upset Duke. And yeah. the, the uh-huh. championship was like, oh, my God, University of Connecticut. This is awesome. This is such a cute story. And 25 years later, I hate them. <laughs> now they're tied for third, I believe, for most national championships. Yeah. Just like that. Th- yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, they, I hate they Gino are, because of the men's program. It just kind of correlates. Just all of Connecticut. <laughs> Kevin Ali comes in for four years and just wins a natty. And they yeah, just crazy. Like, and they it's just, off town. It's crazy. Quick trivia. Yeah. Wilson, one year they made a Final Four and didn't win it. Anyone have it? Was 99 their first one? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they made six Final Fours. Um, it, was, it was 2009. It was the Stanley boom. Robinson team that lost to Michigan Hush, State, Hush, wasn't Hush, it? Wow. Hush, get it to the beats. <laughs> so, yeah, I just want to get shout UConn. They are, we've not really mentioned yet, so I just want to say they're the after, best in the country. After this loss today by Purdue, they are without a doubt the number one overall seed. There's no question in my mind they're the best team in the and country. And I'll make this super quick. I think the other big storyline in college basketball right now, I think three one seeds are locked in right now, those two in Houston. Houston yeah. I think the other storyline is who's the fourth one seed. They announced Zona. Well, wait, you, you say Houston is a lock and not North Carolina. No one has UNC as a one seed right now at all. Really? Yeah. So basically, all the everything I checked, yeah, the Syracuse loss was not great. Georgia so that Tech's in there now too. They they've stacked yeah. losses all of a sudden. They've stacked a couple bad. See, so yeah, basically, yeah, so there's three locked in, and then the, I'm sure we'll get to the committee released theirs. They had Arizona as the fourth one seed. We'll talk about that. There's in like a moment, eight yeah. teams that could be that last one seed right now. It's Arizona, Marquette, Tennessee, North Carolina, Kansas, Iowa State. So it's just it's up for grabs. Iowa now. State is <sighs> sneaky. Or, Nobody knows about them. We're going to get to Iowa State. We're going to get to Iowa State here in a second. So those are our said and done storylines. We've got so many sidelines. I, I have one more to say. I was going to go off on this. I'm just going to say it real quick. Wisconsin, get, <laughs> what, get the hell out of here. <laughs> I, ne- I never believe in you. You got me to slightly believe in you this year. Lose the damn number, Wisconsin. They are not good. They're never good. They want to football and basketball. They want to show that they're good. I I'm sick well, of them. I'm hand, done with Wisconsin. Hands up! If we would start this podcast like two months ago, I've been all over. I love them. I loved AJ Store. I thought it was like AJ Store playing so well. Max Klesman like, hitting big shots. I thought it was like Don't Connect going to Tennessee. Everyone's plays defense and you just score. And boys, Fox, that- get off it. 
they're showing. There's current. So we're watching halftime right now on Fox Sports One, and they go to break with a bump that says Purdue in peril. <laughs> Kindly F off, Fox. Is the panic Get meter, out of here. Panic meter at 10? No! Wait. It's like at a five or a Wait, six right now. Can we clip that Robbie saying, Get out of here, Fox? Yeah, we need, we need to get that. And also, since they Purdue and Peril, the last thing on Wisconsin, I'll uh, just saw this. Wisconsin is whack. That's what I'll say about them. Wisconsin, we'll just um, leave it that way. My, my thing on Wisconsin is they're called the Badgers, not the Goodgers. <laughs> They've lost five of six. Shut up. All right. Next topic. So the top 16 teams for March Madness. Uh, the NCAA Selection Committee came out with their, basically their bracket review of the top 16 teams. Anything on there that is surprising for anyone right now? Uh, well, and real quick, just for those who don't know, this is the actual committee. Correct. The, yeah, this, yeah, this uh, isn't like together. some, this isn't a bracketology here thing. So let me, I'll, I'll read the top the top 16 for you. So it, this came out yesterday. So this was uh, Saturday. So this came out to Purdue lose, prior to Purdue losing to Ohio State. So Purdue was the number one overall seed, UConn number two, Houston three, Arizona four, North Carolina five, Tennessee at six, Marquette at seven, Who's at eight? Kansas. Kansas. Kansas is at eight. Alabama's at nine. Baylor's at ten. Iowa State eleven. Duke twelve. Auburn thirteen. San Diego State yes. fourteen. Illinois fifteen and Wisconsin sixteen. You we obviously know that you don't like Wisconsin, so Wisconsin at sixteen yeah, is, get, is, get is, is is completely one hundred sixtieth. Yeah, I had three major takeaways real quick. I already mentioned who's gonna be the last one seed. They had mm-hmm. Arizona on Arizona, that. Arizona, which I think they have the profile and they 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 pass the eye test. There's just something about them that I they could they could lose to a they're, ha- they're hammering a bad conference. I mean, I think yeah. that, well, that's the thing. They have a little of what like Purdue and like. Who else? UNC have. Yeah, they have some just weird losses. Like and at they, Oregon State, they lost. They got like forty it, ball at Stanford. They go through some spells where they just seem disinterested in playing, and I don't understand why. Because when like when when Purdue played them in Indianapolis, they, like Caleb Love was hitting shots from everywhere. Kashad Johnson is a monster. Mm-hmm. Like they have the horses and the names to be a number one seed, but. There's something about them that just rubs me the wrong way. I'm like, I don't know if this team can really make a well, run. Well, also the thing is that Tommy, this is year three Arizona. They've been like a one or two seed every year. Every so. year. But again, they just go out like suckers every year in the tournament. They, Houston smoked them two years ago. Prin- Princeton, Princeton beat them last year. Yes. And that's... So they're like kind of what Purdue, like they just have some weird just. I mean, that Arizona team last year was Zuzu Tabellas. Like that, they had no business losing to Princeton. Like that was a talented Well, Arizona even last team. year they lost at home to Arizona State and Washington State. Like they just have these weird Weird just losses. Blitz. Okay, this is where I think it might be a culture thing too. So think about the year when they lost to a, um, Buffalo in the first round. Gosh. That was at 2018. That Buffalo 18. team, they were some ballers. Yeah. They were fun to watch. Uh, not the Bills for those listening. Correct. The Bulls. Um, the, the pride of the Mac at the time. But what Arizona's weird about, and it's every single year, it's been like this since they won their title in 98, is they get upset in these games, and they seem like they just don't care they don't afterwards. Care. Yeah, they just they walk care. off, they smile, like, oh, great regular season, like, whatever, three of us are going to go to the NBA and get paid, which is good for them. That's which, awesome. by the way, that 18, that was a sneak peek of DeAndre Ayton's career. Like, yes, actually. Yeah. Like, but that's like, uh-huh. that, that was Sean Miller's teams. It was, they've got talent, they're going to make a, they're going to get to, like, usually the Sweet 16 Elite Eight, and then they're going to lose in a, Preposterous way that made no sense. Or remember those two straight years they lost to Wisconsin lead eight. Yes, just back to back years lost to Wisconsin. So random, wild. Um, and my other takeaway was speaking of Wisconsin, I could not believe in their top four or the, or the top sixteen. That even before yesterday, just on resume alone, I guess that's why they're in there. Just, but there's no way in the world that they're going to be even a top five seed right yeah, now. I mean, just, 
Oh, and also San Diego State. I was pumped to see they deserve to be they right deserve there. It. San Diego State's a really dang good basketball team, and we're going to talk about a little them a little bit more when we get back to our locks of the week, which we also have to put Nick officially oh, we'll, we'll on probation for that. We're on Turkey Watch. We'll explain more. Don't you worry about we'll that. Get there. Um, other sidelines from the week. We've got to shout out Detroit Mercy. Yeah, Haley, did you hear? Titans, the Titans getting their first win of the season over IUPUI, and as Dusty mentioned, one of his one of this is going to be one of my favorite moments of the year, the one man court storm. If you have not seen it yet, go check it out on YouTube. Literally, one Detroit Mercy fan went out and was going to court was storm the court. And I'm truly trying to hunt this guy down. So if anyone has any connections Please. to Detroit, I would love. We to would just, love to talk to. I him. want to. I want to hug him more than anything and then just have him come on the show. <laughs> well, you need, it's one guy per win. That's why only one That's guy storm the court. Yeah. So their next win, two guys, they go storm the court. I, I might be the second guy, honestly, at this point. <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. But shout um, out Mike Davis yep. and Mike Davis Jr. and Olajuwon's son, Abdul, and uh, keep keep the wins going. I mean, as we said last week, they could win out win the national title yeah. at this point. So. Detroit basketball's back, baby. They are. They it's, are back, whether it's the Pistons or the Titans. Except for Jay and Ivy. I mean, is this the like the, the anti Purdue podcast no, now? I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Oh my gosh! Did you guys watch the end of the Maryland Illinois game yesterday? No, I, uh-uh. Well, I subjected myself to that nonsense, <laughs> and I want to bring up this situation. This is another sideline from the week. So, 46 seconds to go. Maryland misses a three, and so Illinois gets the ball back with 46 seconds left. Maryland is down four. They chose to play it out and not foul. So Kevin Willard said. We're going to let Illinois take the clock down to 16, and we'll see if we can get a stop. I could not believe what I was watching, that a Division One men's college basketball coach in the Big Ten thought that was a good idea. Especially, yeah, he had Valentine's dinner that night he had to get to. Well, especially you know a team trying to make the tournament. and It's not like it's the NBA. There's a good chance don't miss the free throws. Like, there's no Extend reason. the game. So you are willing to be down four with 16 seconds left. That's saying you get a stop. Right. And they didn't. They ended up fouling with 18 <laughs> seconds. I could not believe that. That's, I was like, what is going on? Maryland, what are you doing? That's Maryland's season in a nutshell. Just right there. Pretty much, yeah. I thought they're going to be so good, and they are not. They are not. Jameer Young's averaging 20. Gosh. It just does not and matter. And it just does not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. We talked about Wisconsin. We talked about South Carolina. That was a terrible loss that Carolina oh, wait, had at LSU. Like not terrible, by They're the way. They're not. And I'm surprised by that. I would not want them to make the tournament mm. for no. any team. Uh-uh. They get in like that playing game, which they'd probably lose. Let's just be real. They're just a but if they were like the 13 seed and gets in, or 12 seed probably gets in and plays a five. I would not want to play. But them. they're five and seven in the conference. Like they're yeah. still decent. They're hanging around, which it's, is weird for us because usually the SEC is not good. But five and seven this yeah. year is actually pretty tough. And they've now been. They've won at AM, which, by the way, they're in a free fall. <laughs> AM's yeah. in free fall. So they too. won at AM and now at South Carolina. So they've got some decent wins on the resume. What did you do? Oh, you banged the table with your water bottle. That was sick. <laughs> it was like a like the atom bomb dropped. <laughs> Oppenheimer, great movie. <laughs> um, I was going to mention uh, LSU has a quad four loss to Nichols. <laughs> Nichols is it's 267 in the net. We at the end of the year we should try to find out what the worst loss is. That's a good idea. Yeah, like, that's like a great that. idea. I love that. Um, I, I want to talk real quick about the blueprint that Minnesota may have shown to beat Purdue, um, and I, I think Ohio State kind of implemented it as well. Is 
it's kind of two prongs. <laughs> oh, this is going. This is a disaster. What is playing? No oh free ads. No free. <laughs> Screw you, Firestone. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna edit this part out. Oh. I'm gonna make sure. I'm gonna. Yeah. So this is at the 50 minute mark. I'll go in and fix this. All right. There's something else I want to talk about. And one of our science members is falling asleep. So. Yeah, Haley's just <laughs> not excited about this podcast today. <laughs> It's, it's the third episode of the trilogy, Haley. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I believe that Minnesota showed a blueprint to beat Purdue, and it's kind of two-pronged. First and foremost, I think last year, teams were not afraid for Purdue to shoot the three. Purdue was a, an okay shooting three-point shooting team, borderline good. This year, I, I would argue that they are a great three-point shooting team. And Minnesota ran Purdue off the three-point line as much as they could, and they basically swiped at Zach Eady anytime he got the ball in the paint and f- was trying to force officials to make the calls. Funny that they started doing that. I, I would argue the Big Ten is one of the best scouted conferences in the country because today, on Sunday, Ohio State did the exact same thing, and sure enough, the Buckeyes were able to get the win. Is, I, is that the blueprint to beat, a, real to quick, beat can I, Purdue? Can I get your rankings of scouted conferences? I would love, I would love to hear that sometime. Uh, Big Ten is first. Mountain West is second. Gotcha. Our the the Miak's probably last. No, SWAC is third. <laughs> SWAC is third. Swack. All the way down at the bottom, though, is the Pac-12. The Pac-12 <laughs> is in last. And then just, <laughs> just above the Pac-12 is uh, F, uh, FBS Independence. Gotcha. I love that. Just ranking. above that. Just Chicago State. <laughs> Just Chicago State. They're barely ahead of the Pac-12 in terms of scouting. Uh, but you mentioned to me before we were going to pod about the blueprint I was mentioning to beating Purdue, and you you think you have a response to that. Okay, so first the Zach E thing is what you're talking about, where teams are now trying to slap down on him um, because I'm trying Basically to... forcing officials. They, <sighs> they want to force officials, bless you, by the way, Thank to... to Make the foul to, make, calls. to make the call. So, and I, I only saw it called twice in the game, I think. So Ohio first of all, this is easy adjustment, and I'm saying that as a 5'7 guy, not a 7-footer. Mm-hmm. Are you 5'7? Five, five, I actually know. I did go to the doctor this week. 5'6 um, <laughs> and 4, 12. Or, so you're no, not 5'7? No, I'm not 5'7. 5'6 okay. and 4, 12? Yeah. <laughs> but I have lost uh, 25 isn't that one, pounds isn't that one third? doctor's appointment. Hold on. No, no, no. Go back. <laughs> Four twelfths is one third. I know. I think it was five twelfths. What they said. It was definitely less than five six. Go back to your. What, what were you mentioning? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. In I'm your, not in your fraction. High, uh, I said Height four twelfths. I think I, was, I think it was five six and five twelfths. Whatever. I, again, I lost twenty five pounds. That's what I'm focused on. Congratulations. Awesome. Thank you. Um, does that mean you're a weight loss pod? Is so. I actually had a teammate at Kentucky mm-hmm. who had an issue with the same thing. It was Morkinia Williams, and he was the easiest person to strip. Because he shows on, the ball on the to you court, before he goes up. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yes. you. Yes. Um, but when he when when he turned, it was a simple adjustment that this is a compliment to Billy Gillespie. I'm sure he's the one who said. And it was just simply when you're making that movement where your shoulder's dropping, just turn your hand. And at the very least, mm-hmm. the ref's going to hear the sound of that. Yeah. So I was saying to Robbie. But that's the thing is I heard the sound on that multiple times in that CBS game, and it was not again, called. What I, what I was saying earlier is like, if that's better to happen now than a month from now. And I, now, I that's if, what you're, you're and now if you're Matt Painter, you should be saying to the rest of the games, hey, we've been having this issue with um, Zach. Like, make sure you're watching. If you see this, like, please watch a little more. It's no different than when you, know, when you tell the refs, hey, we're going to call a timeout when this possession ends, or hey, we're going to draw this play. We're trying to draw a foul. Please watch for it. Like he should be going every time and say, hey, this has been an issue, and we believe Zach's can foul. Now make sure 
you know, again, teach him to turn his wrist a little more um, and tell the refs, hey, like, this is an ongoing issue. So if Purdue, if Purdue makes a Final Four, they should thank Minnesota. Or yeah. me. What you're saying. Or me. Um, or you. And so here's the thing I want to bring up to you while we're talking about Purdue. My biggest thing that was on my mind watching that game, here's what I think about them and UConn, who, again, like I said, I think are the two best teams in the country. Hot take. Um, thank you. <laughs> Got it. And I think this is Purdue's issue with being upset at the tournament all the time. Mm-hmm. Are either of them truly good? Okay, this goes back to like Camp Spencer, like being up 30 and just being very cocky, right? How are those teams when they're playing behind? It's a good question. I mean, I mean, is per- Purdue got down 12 and came back today, mm-hmm. which, and yes. that's, I, I, I am, I am disappointed they won. If you asked me the panic meter one through 10, it's like about a four or five. I'm not, I'm not too concerned no, you should, to be you honest. Be, no, the only reason I asked that was because the, the Purdue and Purdue oh, was the Purdue so absurd. Yeah, that was funny. Fox. Gosh dang, you guys <laughs> suck. But, but if they do get down, let's just say 10 points. Let's say, okay, they won the first round this year. They're not going to lose to a 16 seed again. I hate when people say that. You're right. There's a I'm just, like, I, like I mentioned last week, the Purdue message boards, but, they're concerned. They're running through the old 16 seeds. They're concerned. With <laughs> so, so they're the one seed, and they're playing, let's make up. Um, Detroit Tex- Mercy. Let's say Texas Southern. Texas A&M in the second round. Oh, Texas. Okay. And what's his name? Why am I spacing? A.M. Stud. Wade Taylor. Thank Wade you, Taylor. Taylor. I was going to say four for some reason. Taylor goes off, and you're down nine and a half, and Taylor has... 19 points like are you confident that that team is good enough to be like okay our guards can now lock him down yeah. like we can come back like that's my biggest issue of both purdue and uconn is once you get down what's your response to that yeah because like i'll even say for kentucky very biased but they have so much star power and so many nba players it's like i they can be down to 12 to one i'm not worried about it and that's for some reason and i don't know why it was just it, it was like that when I was watching Purdue say, but it was some sense of calm when being down 12. It's like, you know, we, we can, we're good. We can do this. Okay. And sure enough, they did. And this was the first time they did this on the road this year. They've done it a couple times at home to Northwestern and Minnesota the last few weeks. Yeah. They got down. I mean, Minnesota was up almost double digits on them. Northwestern almost was as well. And they and came back and won and those, games. those games. And you're at both those games. Yeah, I was at both those games. What is happening? <laughs> but I, I thought I, I, Purdue played with a poise. I didn't think they defended all that great late in the game. They obviously they they didn't do well shooting from three, and Edie got a pretty rough whistle at times. I thought so. Overall, I'm not concerned, but I I'm I think I I agree with you that seeing how teams are playing Edie now because they know they know they can't bang with him inside because they're going to call any kind of forearm into the back. Now they're trying to slap at him and try to do something different, which. Credit to Minnesota. It it really worked because they were right there at the end to, to have a that's shot to win I that think, game. I think that's a short-term problem yeah. that can be fixed. Because last year, it was Nebraska basically gave team teams the blueprint to play Purdue where they forced Edie baseline. They basically forced him into a trap every time on the drop step to the baseline, and everyone started doing that, and it was pretty effective. Then Purdue basically just started putting Edie right in the middle of the lane and just park it and just start going. But you're right, though, that – until you point out today, like they are swiping at the ball like they're crazy going down at it there. Almost every time, it is like how like the the C- the Legion Boom Seahawks said they're not going to throw a flag every play on us. It's kind of like the same thinking. It's what it felt like watching yeah. that game today. Um, so again, not I'm not losing my mind over Purdue. It sucks they lost. No, yeah, today I, would not. It's, it, it's, it's not changed anything about Purdue. No, and they're still a one seed. It's obviously this isn't a great loss to have. Now Ohio State's numbers aren't too bad, so it's not going to look like a really bad loss. Um, but overall, yes, it's disappointing. 
hopefully this fires this team back. And up. We, we mentioned at the top, like you got to play Ohio State their first game after firing their coach. It's always a tricky spot to play. It's a bad that. spot to be in, and they. I mean, Especially if it's internal, the players are now fired up. Yeah, I mean, and you could tell they were. When Purdue got up eight, they were looking great. Then when Edie got that second foul, that was a terrible foul call. Oh, yeah. It changed the course of that game, and that's when they started making that run. So, again, shout-out to Ohio State. They played very well, and they deserved to win that game. I want to switch gears real quick to Iowa State. I think they could be one of the scariest teams in the country right now. And last year, the problem with Iowa State was is they were very, very good defensively, but they had no offense. This year, Tam and Lindsey can get buckets, and they've got a bunch of guys that can go score for them, and their defense is just as good as it was last year. I would not want to see Iowa State. So I'm the one that added this to the, the our board here because okay. I want – Kind of my theme today is like teams we've not head on. UConn's another one. I think Iowa State's the other one. Like they you said, are flying under the radar. And I know Forrest, I hope he listens to this and hears us talking about the clones. But Iowa State is good. Because what happened for them, they had a weird non-conference. Like they lost to Texas A&M. They really didn't have that marquee mm-hmm. win at all. They may be like LSU, so regardless. But then conference play, they were awesome. They're now they're 20-5, and 9-3 in the conference, 1-7 of 8. They've beaten Kansas, Houston, one at TCU, at Texas, at Cincinnati. Like, they are just... Big wins. They're just stacking these wins together. And what I like about them, they have six guys averaging between 9 and 14 points per game. So it is just balanced. Say that score. again? They have six guys averaging between 9 and 14 oh points per game. Gosh. So it's just a balanced attack. They don't rely on just one guy. I mean, again, this doesn't really matter in a tournament, but Hilton Magic's a real thing. Oh, it's a real it's thing It's so for hard sure. to get in there in... And I'm glad we're talking about too, because obviously we'll talk about next week. They play Houston Monday night at Houston. I will stay at Houston. Could be a great game. So it's just, I, I think they're one of the best teams in the country. Just kind of a spoiler, they're in my final four now. They're my hey, first adjustment. All right. I'm all in on the Cyclones team. And shout out TJ Osselberger, by the way. They lost Hoyberg and other coaches. They thought, oh, maybe they'll, they've not fallen off okay. at all. So that's a name I didn't mention that I should have mentioned for the Ohio State job, because he definitely should be in the running for that job for sure. Yeah, he's he's done great. What are the smirks over here? The first ladies, the pot, are just giving us some yeah, weird know, glares uh, over here. Like, I'm single for people who don't know, but Dusty and Robbie are both happily married, I think, and both of their wives are here. Happily so. is, is really a state of mind. Mm. Um, <laughs> not sure if I fully would believe that. Or did I say that out loud? My bad. <laughs> we can cut that part. Uh, Yale, Cornell, Princeton is getting really fun in the Ivy League. Um, Cornell beat Harvard on Friday. Yale won um, at Penn, and then Princeton won versus Brown. So all three of those teams are going to – it's going to be a neck-and-neck race at the top. Well, I have those notes right here. Yale and Cornell are both 8-1, and one. Princeton 7-2, and two, but Princeton has two road games this week. So Ooh. that's uh, – And Princeton brought back a lot of the players from last year's team. They correct. lost a couple of them, one of which now plays in Northwestern, Ryan Langborg. But that's still a, still a really good Princeton team. So keep an eye on them. San Diego State had a massive week. Coming back and beating Colorado State, which we're, we'll talk about that game here in a moment, new, and then beating New Mexico. And then one final thing before uh, we move on to our Final Four, I do want to um, acknowledge the passing of one of the great mm. head coaches yeah. in the history of college basketball. Lefty Drizel, uh passed away um, on Friday at the age of 92. If you don't know who Lefty Drizel was, legendary coach at Maryland, eventually went on to James Madison and then did, had, a, had some success at Georgia State. But one of the best coaches in the history of basketball. I believe I saw it correctly. He's the only guy to lead four different schools to 100 career to 100 wins. I think he's the only ever wow. only guy to do that. So, shout so yeah, so he had 176 at Davidson, 348 at Maryland, 159 at James Madison, and 103 at Georgia State. Insane. And a lot of those other Maryland mid-majors and smaller schools. Right, yeah. That's 
Yeah, massively impressive. So um, definitely send our thoughts and prayers to Lefty Drizel and his his family on his passing. Uh, but his legacy will remain steadfast throughout the years in, in college basketball. I saw some bottom line. I didn't know what it meant. He's credited with creating March Madness. Yeah, it's kind of his idea. Now, that was kind of a yeah. that was like a Dave Gavitt. I think Lefty Lefty Drizel kind of these kind of were the ones. So that truly, kind of pushed legacy yes. will live on and on and on. One hundred percent. Yes. Um, funny enough, so after he graduated, so he played at Duke. Lefty Drizel played at Duke. I don't know if we everyone knew that. Damn it. Um, I, I know, right? Um, he started off. He started working. <laughs> he started working at the Ford Motor Company before he eventually took a job coaching high school basketball, and then eventually worked that into being the head coach in That's college. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. Yeah, he a pretty pretty exceptional human being and pretty awesome person. That's done a, amazing things in basketball. So. Um, his legacy, as, as we mentioned, it will definitely live on for, for ages. And he earned the reputation as the greatest program builder in the history of basketball. That's a great tagline. How, like, how awesome <laughs> of, a, of, a, of a way it is to go out with that. So put that on your headstone and and, and be proud of that one. So um, rest in peace to Lefty Drizel. And we definitely send our thoughts and prayers to his family uh, during this difficult time. All right, we've switched gears to our final four and one. I want to start with Nick because you've mentioned you've made a change. Let's hear it, your final four. We have made an omission. Is, is that what it's called? Amendment? I think amendment. Amendment, yes. Amendment to the final four. It'll still be Houston. Amendum? Amendum? Someone. Amendum? Addendum. Addendum. I've made a. I taught English. I should know that. I've made a whatever that is to my final four and one. Okay. I I will switch out the. Uh, the Marquette Golden Eagles, who had a rough, who had one, who had one eight straight basketball games. I'm still not giving up on them again. How do they win eight straight? Because they're Marquette. They have Tower Colic, Robbie. That's why. But that's I again. cannot believe that they were ranked. Like I understand why they're ranked fourth, but well, when, again, I know Dustin no. said too. When teams just keep losing in the top ten, it just you kind of just, you do just these keep cycle. moving up. Yeah, yeah. You just kind of just keep the cycle going. That being said, with Shaka's resume, out. when the tournament, I just as much as I love Tower Colic, it's not enough for me to. So I take him out, and the Cyclones of Bruin, they're Woo! coming to the Final Four. Got me feeling like a cyclone. I don't know the next words. We are like, not a music pod at all. <laughs> we're not. So you know, got, by the way, don't don't say it. Who sings that? Zero idea. I'm disappointed. Hurricane Chris? No. That's wow. a decent guess. But Keep no. the tropical storm theme going. The, but other than that, everything's whoa, still... Whoa, we got to get the correct answer. Any I, other guesses? None. Okay, Baby Bash. Oh, I actually think I didn't know that. Did you? I think I did. Our audience yelling out. I'm guessing Haley knew that. Oh, no. No? Kelly? Cyclone? Well, who is it? Baby Bash? Is it because I said it? <laughs> All right. So shout Baby Bash, shout to him. But yes, I have definitely Houston, Iowa State. Uh, again, I always say there's one team you just don't really like you throwing there. Illinois. Illinois will just hold oh, that spot. Gosh, I almost took out Colorado State, but they beat the heck out of Utah State on yeah, Saturday. So I was like, I have to, have to keep them in. And as always, FAU is the plus one. If you just forget about the second half of that Colorado State-San Diego State <laughs> game, man, they look great. I think someone on San Diego State outscored Colorado State's second half. Yeah. I believe that's a real fact. If I, I'm a recency bias guy, Rob. If I see Coleman Hawkins in, if I see Coleman <laughs> Hawkins in a Final Four, I may throw myself off a bridge. You want to talk about guys that I do not like in college basketball? Coleman Hawkins is up there with Cam Spencer. I guess that's have to Illinois now. Oh, my gosh. No. By the way, Florida Atlantic... 
got yeah, which they, they run they, by South Florida they for cut, a moment. There. They cut the Ford late in the second half, but you know South. That's probably to me more about South Florida. They're eight, they were eight of thirteen from three at one point in that game. They're very good. South Florida's a dang good team. That young blood dude that mm-hmm. that Dusty shouted uh, out last week. Uh, Miguel off the bench was on fire. Yeah, as well, he was so. five of seven from three. Yeah, so yeah, uh, big yeah. So Hoot interesting two. Final Four. Um, mine doesn't change too much except the fact that I'm taking South Carolina out. <laughs> You're freaking out, guys. You can't lose to LSU at home. Not feeling cocky anymore. No, I'm not. Um, so my final four is UConn, North Carolina, not Purdue, and Florida Atlantic. Hoot toot. So basically, I only have three teams in my final four this week because <laughs> I just said not Purdue. Um, by the way, a team that I do want to shout out that's making a run that had a horrible start to the season but is starting to make a push, St. Mary's. Mary's. Whoa. Well, they have a big game tomorrow is going to bring up. Okay. Which, by the way, like awful start. They're like three and five Horrific to start the year. Terrific start to the season, and but again, I don't know if they can, if they are capable of making a Final Four run just because they've been in that spot before and they've just never really put it together. But I, I think they deserve at least a shout out from from that run. Have they made to the second weekend ever? I can't think of them. At all. Oh, uh, they do that. Omar Sahan was the same hand team. Did they make it to the Sweet they Sixteen? They upset someone in the round thirty-two. It wasn't Villanova, was it? I think it was Did Nova. they beat Villanova yeah, that they, year? Okay. Washington I, I with vaguely Anthony remember Woods that. Of all people. Um, Indiana State is freaking out this week, too. Come on, Sycamores. We were all in on you th- last week, and then you lose to Illinois State at home, a team which I'm going to talk about them here a little bit later, but also then you just you know put that up against losing no, out so- yeah. Southern Illinois. Like, put a poacher stamp on it and mail it in wide open. No, I, I'm really afraid now they may have lost their... Are like I think they lost the mojo. Yeah, and well, they've well. Yeah, they have close. lost the They seem like the epitome of a team that finally got the recognition and quit. I don't know. Or does that more, mean Josh Schertz is getting a job? Somewhere. Or is it just, just now? There's <laughs> yeah. like they, there's Ohio like, State next week. Granted, <laughs> it should be mentioned they're like eight of thirty-eight from three on their game Tuesday night. <laughs> so like that was just one of those nights, but still, yeah, rough. We week. we will mention that game a little bit more here in a moment. Dusty, your final four plus one. My final four now is Purdue. Still. Um, Did you, they lose today? Um, Got embarrassed, some would say. Embarrassed. Yeah. I in thought, peril. I thought, Fox says in peril. I finally put UConn in. Um, and then I have Tennessee. And Tennessee. I, and I, uh, even though they lost yesterday, I put Butler. Um, oh, wow. And my plus one is always another SEC team is what I was going with, even though I put Tennessee. And I put Kentucky as the... Who I think is the best team in the SEC right now? Back on it. By Can way, Kentucky win the SEC? Are, are, but Bama is it too far? If they, they can they, beat Bama, this if they go two yeah. else, we can beat Bama maybe. But Bama, I think only has There's one six games or two. left. Okay, yeah, Correct. six games left. Probably need to go five and one and get some help. That's doable. It, it have to that. beat Bama and probably Tennessee again. Okay, because I mean, if Tennessee sweeps them, I'm not yeah, sure you can yeah. Know. I mean, it'd be awesome if their final game on Saturday for those who don't know is Kentucky at Tennessee. If they can just, I just want huge. a top four SEC. I just want the double buy. That's all I really want. Yeah, you don't want to play on Thursday. That's in, in Nashville. That, that that's never fun as a fan. And we'll be boots on the ground there for if people don't start first podcast. That's right. We go me and Dusty go SEC term every year. So I'm excited to be there. Excited to, uh, to get that going. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, my final four was UConn, North Carolina, not Purdue, and Florida Atlantic, and then uh, St. Mary's. So we'll hoot, hoot. that all. In the, um, even though Florida Atlantic lost again, I still think that they're going to use kind of that. Energy of playing against teams that have reached their level to not use that Purdue tournament. can be a dangerous team. Not Purdue, right? <laughs> Watch out for not Purdue. They're going to be good this year. All right, uh, far from mid this week, Nick. I'm starting with you because you have one of my favorite teams 
Real quick, this is not my far from mid. You mentioned Purdue, though. Uh, shout Philly Dickinson got stuck in an elevator this they week. They did. And they you were forgot able, to mention that. Yeah, they got st- but they, they got out, so shout the fire marshals. But, Robbie, for people who listened last week, Vermont was my far from uh, mid team, you know, just shouting a good mid major program. Cats. This week is kind of the same. The Colgate Raiders in Love the Patriot Conference. Colgate. So great toothpaste too. Great. We're, we're, I'm a Crest guy myself personally, but uh, but yeah, far from mid. See, that's why they never do well in the tournaments because you don't believe in them. You take Crest over Colgate. That's why. If you would believe in them, they, like they've been close to winning some games. They in the have. Tournament. They've they been ha- very close. And they've not broken through yet. Crest would. Maybe this is it. But yeah, they are 19-8 overall, 13-1 in the conference. They have 10 guys that play double-digit minutes, so they just kind of just like throw everything at you. All that being said, though, they have. They've been so dominant, Patriot. I didn't realize this. They've gone to four straight tournaments. They've won the regular season and conference tournament each of the past four years. 2020, wow. they were 14 and 4 in the conference. Probably will have gone that year. So, yeah. anytime the tournament's been eligible the last four years, four times, they've made it. Okay. And look at this. In the Patriots since 2021, so this will be the fourth season, they are 57 and 4 in the Patriot Conference. 57 and 4. So, they are just. Running Ramshack, and for That's people don't insane. know, for us college basketball nerds, that was a conference. Bucknell, yeah, ran the, pa- for the, the Patriot League is not a bad league mm-hmm. by any means. Not at all. So yeah, they're just just taking names in that one. Fifty-seven four last four years, gonna win again probably. So shot Colgate, just want to give them. Shot. Love it. Mm-hmm. I would. So if they wouldn't, if they wouldn't have played Texas in the first round last year, Agreed. I think that they could have had a, a chance at winning in the first Awful round. matchup for yeah, them. Bad matchup, um, and they ended up Princeton was the fifteen that ended up winning. So. Keep an eye on Colgate, maybe a 15 down the road to Quinn. Dusty, you're far from mid-team. So, pretty usual. I have a team, and I have to give my conference updates. Um, my team is, again, I, I mentioned having a man crush on the San Francisco Dons for Bill Russell. Uh-huh. They have a huge game, I mentioned, against St. Mary's tomorrow night, 11 Big o'clock. One. So Big Monday night game, yeah. Yep. San Francisco versus St. Mary's. So, San Fran is my team. Let's see where they are next week. Conference updates real quick. We mentioned the Ivy League. I brought the MIAC last week. Yep. It is getting hot and heavy there. Oh. We have Norfolk straight Norfolk State is six and two. But then Morgan State, NC Central, and Howard all five and three, all within the game. Keep an eye on that. The new conferences to look at is one is the Ohio Valley. We have Moorhead State. Make the jokes that you want. They're eleven and three in first place. Yeah, we and know Nick Will. A half game back right now. You have Arkansas, Little Rock, UT Martin, Western Illinois are all ten and three. We don't talk about Little Rock on this pod. <laughs> There's big, so many teams. Big Rock. Now it's only like five. <laughs> and the but other, yes, the other conference I want to bring up is the Northeast Conference. As we're getting hot and heavy, remember? Oh, I weeks, love the Northeast. A few weeks away, Merrimack is eleven and two and winning it. Um, Central Connecticut State is nine and three. But is, can Merrimack make the tournament this year? See, I don't know because the stuff I was doing wasn't showing when it said oh, no. games in the Northeast. <laughs> so I don't. They may not even play in the conference tournament, so I'll let our stats department figure that out. But well, then, they played in the conference tournament last year and won it. For people who don't remember, Fairleigh yeah. Dickinson lost to them in their conference final. Yes. Merrimack can make but, the tournament this okay. year. And then the teams at 7 and 5. So again, CCSU's 9 and 3. Then at 7 and 5, we have good old Fairleigh Dickinson, who two weeks ago I said was horrible. They've won out since then. I agree. They're horrible. Uh, Sacred Heart and LeMoyne. I'm guessing LeMoyne cannot qualify, but they're all 7 and 5. Now, the team to watch during all this is Sacred Heart. The team to watch. This week plays both Fairleigh Dickinson no one and bu- Central Connecticut State, so they could make some noises. Can week. I just mention that no one has ever uttered the phrase, <laughs> <laughs> the team to watch, Sacred Heart. <laughs> well, this is, this is the week to watch them. <laughs> 
man, if there, just, there is no, there cannot be another pod anywhere in in the entire world that is that is getting in on mid-major conferences. Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart. Watch out this week for Sacred Heart. Watch out for the pioneers of Sacred Heart. Just for those who are bored, Thursday and Saturday, those two games. Okay. Unreal. All right, my far from mid-team, I got to shout out Illinois State. As much as I love Indiana State, Illinois State going on the road and winning in Terre Haute against Indiana State, playing their first game since they had been ranked since 1979 with Larry Bird. Big deal. Heard of him? Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Redbirds had lost four straight going into that game and five of seven. They had a freshman on their, a true freshman on their team by the name of Johnny Kinsinger, who scored 31 points in that game. Now you may be like, 31 points? Okay, that's that's cool. Uh, he aver- he was coming into the game averaging seven. Heck yes. And his high scoring game for the season was 13. Heck he yes. He doubled that number in the biggest way possible. So shout out to Illinois State. Uh, and Johnny Kensinger with that big win. Also, I was gonna shout out Samford because the Bulldogs had been rolling twenty three and three overall until they ran into mighty Greg Gary's Mercer Bears yeah. yesterday, and Mercer got the win. No mercy, no mercy from Mercer. <laughs> Samford is now twenty three and four, but the Bulldogs. I'm gonna at least mention this. They have four players averaging ten or more. All four of those players shoot better than 42% from three, which is scary. Since losing to Purdue and VCU at the start of the season, which, by the way, Purdue beat them by 53 in the first game of the season, which is still shocking. They were 23-1 and going into yesterday's game, and they, are, they were 58 in the net. From a team coming from the SoCon, yeah. crazy impressive. If you want to pick a team to watch out for in the tournament, if they make it, Samford, remember, we saw Furman win last year in the tournament. That's a team from the SoCon. Keep an eye on Samford. They have the makeup of a team that could possibly make some noise this year in the tournament. And shout out, uh, Antonio Reeves went to Illinois State. He you sure know, did. Basketball's almost all about, went back, too, but yeah. decided to stay. <laughs> Basketball's all about putting the ball in the hoop. You know, it's like how Batman's about getting the shuttercock over the net. Antonio Reeves can put the ball in the hoop as good as anyone. There you go. He said it. Mm-hmm. All right. Very well. We move on to what to watch for. It is a big week once again. Starting off Monday night, I mean, you mentioned your your big Monday night game, St. Mary's in San Francisco, but I got to shout out Iowa State at Houston coming up on Monday night. That is a massive game. Virginia's at Virginia Tech. The Cavaliers won a a rock fight on Saturday, and they could get that kept that game in under the under fifty, but they won. Did I see something like did a one of ten at the free throw line or something like something that? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah I believe insane. so. Um, we got some big SWAC games: Southern's at Texas Southern and Bethune Cookman's at Jackson State. All four of those teams, I believe, are in the top four in the SWAC. So those are big ones. And then North Carolina Central at Norfolk State—that's for first place in the conference. That's coming up Monday night as well. Uh, Tuesday games look pretty nice: Butler's at Villanova. UConn goes to Creighton. That could be spicy and could be interesting. Uh, Baylor goes to BYU. BYU had a bad loss yesterday. TCU's at Texas Tech. San Diego State's at Utah State. Interesting. Um, So that's a fun one as well. Coming up on Wednesday, big one in the SoCon. Western Carolina's at UNC Greensboro. Florida's at Alabama. Florida better take that game seriously. Or, I'm sorry, Alabama better take that game seriously because... Florida's going to come in hot. They've for that been one. on fire. They won at Georgia again on oh Saturday. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Am I wrong? I think they've won eight of nine. That sounds right. Or something yeah. like that. Have they really? Wow, that's crazy. By the way, that, that San Francisco St. Mary's game is Tuesday night. Oh, Tuesday. Tuesday Sorry. night at eleven. But that game is on ESPN too. 
Uh, other Wednesday games, we got JMU at Marshall, Charlotte's at Memphis. Memphis is <sighs> Memphis is squarely on the bubble right now. They they need to beat Charlotte to continue to have that run. Obviously, Kentucky's at LSU. Horrifying game. That's very scary. Um, we have the Egg Bowl in hoops. Ole Miss is at Mississippi State. Colorado State goes to New Mexico. That's going to be a fun one on the Mountain West. That those games are on Wednesday. It just that conference delivers every single week. It, it is the it's basically the Big Twelve for West Western teams. It really is because there's always so many good games every single night out. Uh, Thursday, Rutgers is at Purdue. Boilermakers are going to have to bounce back against a team that's had their number in the past. Cleveland State's at Northern Kentucky. Big one in the whack. Grand Canyons at Tarleton State. <laughs> Can the Lopes keep the winning ways going? That's a big one. Uh, Moorhead State's at Western Illinois. Washington State goes to Arizona. Friday, good rivalry game in Ohio. Toledo's at Bowling Green. Battle of I-75. Yale goes to Cornell on Friday. That's going to be a tasty matchup. And then a big one in the MAC. Uh, Fairfield's at Quinnipiac. And then Saturday, as we meant, next Saturday, big slate of games. Houston's at Baylor. You already know about Alabama's going to be at Kentucky. We'll have boots on the ground for that one. Mm-hmm. Should be a fun one. North Carolina's at Virginia. Uh, South Carolina's at Ole Miss. American goes to Colgate. See if the Raiders can keep their winning ways going there. With the theme of this podcast, they're so going to lose that game. Uh, maybe they will. <laughs> um, maybe the one that if you just absolutely hate yourself, you're going to flip over to CBS Sports Network and watch Georgetown at DePaul. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be such a bad game. That's offensive to CBS Sports Network for someone who loves that network. That's, I mean, it's a Big East game, so it's got to be on the network, right? It's so funny. Obviously, fired their coach, and like, there's just the first Power Six job to be open, and all the replies are like, you know, DePaul's open, too. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, And then next Sunday, Purdue has to go to Michigan. I don't feel good about that game at all. Florida Atlantic has to go to Memphis. Yeesh. And then really big one on the horizon, Youngstown State, is at Green Bay. So a lot of really good games coming up in these next few days. That's our what to watch for. We move on to our lock of the week. <sighs> Nick, you have some explaining to do. What has happened, and why did you think that Kansas was going to do well at Texas Tech? All right. Just for the record, I made that bet last Sunday, and I know McCuller was not going to play, and Dwan Harris played on one foot. That was not a mm-hmm. – you know, well, Kansas has four guys to begin with. They were down to two and a half guys because of that. Not good at all. Bill Self got ejected for the first time in his career. It was, yep. It was Bill Self got ejected. It was a Bill Self. Uh, first time at Kansas. First time. That was his That's, first time, I believe. Okay. Yeah. At Kansas. Someone at Kansas, yes, yeah. yes. Because he, he got ejected at Illinois, I, I believe think? he did, yeah. They got, three minutes, he got slaughtered at Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Again, it was a Bill Self bet, and boy, did I not bet on him getting ejected from the basketball game in Lubbock. A real selfish bet on your A point. real selfish bet on me. Bad all around. And then, so, Robbie Dusty and I, we have a group chat they're talking about punishing me and I want to say you know like I want to punish me to be fun but like I thought two seemed a little extensive or a little harsh I thought I, I, I you're guess. just not tough enough I'm not I'm not that's, I'm, that's really what it is I'm not built different okay <laughs> I'm just not so but we, I decided you know it's kind of like I care for all of us we're going to think of punishing by the way for mm-hmm. her finishes last of us three we'll figure out something if I lose a third straight bet that's a turkey and bowling I'll dress like a turkey for our next podcast I'll go to what was it? Was it? Was that Spirit called? Halloween? Is Spirit that, Halloween. Does that, does that still exist? Are those, Par, is are it those Party are, City? Is that what oh, Party City. Yeah, that was called. I'll find yeah. a turkey outfit. I'll dress like a turkey. But and, that's, and, and we can eat turkey though. I can eat yeah, turkey, yeah. but we could. Be, but my, my bet wins though. 
Your boy's okay. My oh yeah, you're, you're back. back on track. Yeah. My back. So the, the, the streak's over, and you're back on track. I'm actually hoping I'm going to your first win since this. Or we could do uh, that'd be a streak. I can just go nude for the next pod. So I'll do either one for you guys. That, that's not. No one wants that. I'm like that's a punishment for us, not for you. <laughs> well, that'd have to be a relationship update too. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Um, all right. So Nick, give us your lock of the week. Well, give us your. I guess your fate of the week. <laughs> No, I believe in you. You're going to get this one done this week. Come on. I, I've learned. I, I've learned from my my, my uh, what do you call it my gambling app. I'm not good your at transgressions. This. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. By the way, I'm not a college basketball expert, evidently. So I just I basically threw not a dart at the board. I picked the grossest game possible. I like <laughs> I like NC State versus Syracuse on Tuesday night to cover the spread. NC State to cover over Syracuse. Uh-huh, at NC, NC State. State. At NC State. Uh-huh. What, what day is that? Tuesday. Tuesday. I just figured, you know what? I oh, like, that's I, gross. I don't like watching Syracuse. They play like five and a half guys. They have no bench. Weird game at NC. I don't know what the spread is because they don't get the spread yet. Again, I have bets I like better, but clearly my gut's not working. Or my head's not working, so I'm just going with my gut. We NC should, State. So it, the turkey bowl. Is, okay. If, if, you, if you get this one wrong, you have to show up at a turkey I think if you get a fourth one wrong, you should have to buy a plane ticket and go attend the <laughs> ugliest game I, of IPY that we week. Can find. That I, should, we can find. I just go to yes. IPY that week. You could just go to <laughs> IPY, yes. I think that's a great idea. That's going to be the, the four, oh the four bangers. So, okay, so NC State has to cover against Syracuse at home. <laughs> oh, my God. Come on, Kevin Keats. <laughs> oh, they don't have Turquavion Smith anymore. He can't bail you out. I know. But they do have Jaden Taylor. Uh, former Perry Meridian I, I, star. I, I kind of like their team. It just is. I, I'm just going gross this week. Morehead State. Unreal. Okay. All right. We'll see if NC State can cover. <laughs> Dusty, your lock of the week. Which, by the way, Dusty is two and zero. Got a great one over at McNeese State. They were covering Congrats. within the first like ten minutes of that game over Houston Christian. I think they won that game by fifty. So, um, Cowboys saddled up for Dusty. Dusty, give me your lock of the week. I am changing mine last minute. Oh, wow. An uh, audible. Okay. Yes. Do I give the first take that I'm going off of so people are putting their uh, winnings on me? They can do whatever you do want. Do whatever you want. I was going to take IU. Yeah, I was going to take IU over Nebraska. Nebraska is winless in Big Ten play on the road and undefeated at home. The game's in Bloomington on Wednesday. But as we're doing this, I'm watching IU down 11 right now to Northwestern at home. Speaking of awful gambling, I hammered IU before this game. Yeah. I... <laughs> getting smoked. I, see, the I, problem is, is that it's IU, but it looks like they're Rutgers with those uniforms, so I can't <laughs> tell the difference if it's Rutgers or IU playing at home. I'm sure that's, that's not really much of a difference, but... Okay, so IU at home against Nebraska. Yeah. So is that a, what, game's that, what day is that game? Wednesday. So, well, so, that, was going, okay. that was going to be his pick. Yeah. Oh, that was going yeah, to? Yeah, that was going to be. I'm off that now. Okay, you're off it now. So okay. now it's Friday, a little Friday night fever, if you will. I'm going to take, with the spread, Iona at Ryder. Ooh. Oh. Tobin. You don't believe in the Bronx? I do not. I've been to their campus. Pretty underwhelming. Yes, you have. <laughs> yes, you have. That's another story you're going to have to say yeah, for another time. Boring. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so old Tobin coming from Fairleigh Dickinson, taking over for Rick Pitino at Iona and the Gales. Yep. So you say spread Iona over Ryder. Correct. Okay. And I would guess that spread's going to be in the two range. So. Okay. That's doable. So plus two range. I'd say spread. My, yes. Wait, Ryder would be favored over Iona? See, that's where I'm not sure. It's going to be know. two one way or the other. Either way, you say Iona. Take the points with Iona. Okay. Iona's going to win by nine. There you go. There's my spread. So, um, you know, if Iona doesn't cover, you, I owe you. Great. 
I was getting texted for like about a half an hour about my San Diego State pick over Colorado State because I was like hammer it with confidence. San Diego State doesn't lose at home, and there's no way Colorado State's going to win this game. Well, Colorado State led by double digits at halftime. And so I went to bed, turned my phone off like I, I can't deal with this. My mind can't handle it. And San Diego State and Jaden Ladee got busy in the second half and won that game by double digits. So I believe he outscored Colorado State. He second sure half. did. So your boy is now three and zero on locks. This lock this three. week. It's our third podcast because I did two. I did Auburn this spread stupid. and money line. So I, I gotta win it. Can you let me win at something? Yeah. I just watched my team in peril lose because Fox thinks <laughs> it's time to worry. Don't don't you picture too? And Robbie says my someone was texting me all night about pick bets. Robbie texting himself like two <laughs> two different phones. That would definitely be something I would do. You have two phones. Does your wife know about that? You know the the Kevin Gates song. Yeah, yeah, that's actually about me. <laughs> She's not even paying attention. She's not even paying attention. Thank Hi, how's it going? All right, my lock of the week. I am so excited about this one because I have a stat for this one that's going to blow your freaking minds. Minnesota spread at home against Ohio State coming up on Wednesday. I am super excited about this one. Um, Now, Minnesota is playing Rutgers probably right now as you're listening to it. I'm just going to go ahead and assume that they're going to be fine. Maybe they won't be. I I don't don't know. Maybe not. Um, By the way, the Minnesota game is on Thursday at 8 p.m. So they play Ohio State at home on Thursday, 8 p.m. Minnesota is 21-3 against the spread this year. 20, 21 wow. and three. So they have covered in 80% of the game, 87% of the games they played. That includes that Purdue game where Purdue was an 18 and a half point favorite and they covered with ease. They're up, what, seven and a half times? Mm-hmm. Ended up losing by eight. Was it eight? Eight, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, 84-76. So Minnesota against the spread. I don't know what the spread's going to be, but the fact that they continue to do well against the spread and Ohio State's coming off that big emotional win over the over Purdue, now they got to do it again in a place that they've struggled with in the past at the barn. Lock it in for Minnesota. They're going to get whatever the spread is. Be confident. Uh, ben Johnson for Coach of the Year, and the Gophers will get it done against the Buckeyes. Oh, they're like a mini South Carolina. Like well, they were awful last year, but they've made a massive jumping. It's too. shocking how good they are this yeah. year. Like they are really good, and it's it was they, yeah they were terrible last year, but they've played really well this year. So um, there's our locks of the week. We will have those out on social media as well as we go throughout the week. Now we move on to our one of our favorite parts of the show. It's our viewer questions, and we got a, we got three for this week, and a couple really good ones. So we're gonna start off first. Now, this is more of a question for me, but you guys can please obviously dive in. Now, if you want to send us your questions, you can find us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at D1AndDonePod. So, our good friend Jack Carney wants us to rank the following Purdue-IU moments in the Painter era. John Octius baptizing the masses. Carson Edwards, I'm not playing dunk. The Matt Harms tip-in. The long-awaited Zach Eady banked in three. And the Chris Kramer-DJ White fight. Uh, from back in the late 2000s. Uh, I'm just going to pick out my favorite from that one, and it's probably going to be the Matt Harms tip-in, and that may be shocking to some people, but in that game, Matt Harms, that tip-in, got the win for Purdue, 48-46 to in that game. And maybe my favorite part, I, it's two parts, the reason why it's my favorite. First off, it was definitely an over-the-back. 
on Matt Harms on that tip and they didn't call it. It was on I think it was on Jamarcus Ellis who was trying to box him out and Matt Harms just used his ridiculously long arms to tip it in and get the game winning bucket. My second thing is there are these two IU fans sitting front row on the court and as he tips it in and scores, they jump up. What? Where's the foul call? And they start berating the officials and it gave me so much joy and excitement to be to see those IU fans be upset and disappointed that their team lost on a call that was probably missed. So I'm probably going to take that one as my favorite moment. But all of those are great moments, Jack. And um, the Carson Edwards dunk is awesome. John, John Octis was at the Purdue-Minnesota game on Thursday night, which was really cool. Um, that banked in three, still incredible. So a lot of great moments for the Boilermakers yeah, against John, IU. Yeah, John Octius one would be number one for me. Mm-hmm. He did just destroy that that poor individual. If that would have ha- if that play would have happened in 2024, there would have been John the Baptist shirts <laughs> throughout the student section at the pink room. So that's definitely one of my favorite moments. But obviously, a lot of great moments from the Purdue IU mm-hmm. rivalry. If you turn the script, probably IU's best moment um, was when they rushed the court against uh, beating Purdue last year, which. You know, Blue Bloods always rush the court mm-hmm. after beating their rivals. Absolutely. That's what they do. And but, Can you sense the sarcasm in my voice well, by, by saying that? But to be fair, IU, they never rush the court. So that's just a one-off. Oh, right. Yeah, they yeah, never that, do that. They never do that. No. That was a complete one-off. That's not something they do. Mm-mm. Let's move on to our second question. And this is a question that I actually just stumbled upon oh, well, online. No. Can I answer Jack real quick? Sure. I want him to break down. I meant to bring this up. Um, he needs to look at the disputed 1901 game between Purdue and IU. Thank you. Get back you. to us. The uh, IU newspaper had something to do with the uh, in conclusion on how an IU team that went one and three that year. Um, You're talking about basketball? Yes. <laughs> so, Jack, when you listen what? to this, look that up. The dispute 1901 game. Okay. We will get to the bottom of this. All right. We're going to find out about water. that one. My favorite moment, pretty real quick, is Chris Kramer in the shot on his knees. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, my, that's, uh, my fir- that's my first Purdue memory. That was against Arizona in the NCAA tournament. Huh. Oh, that was the tournament game. Mm-hmm. And watch. then Purdue, the next game, next round, played Florida. Yeah. And was the only team that really kept up with Florida in that tournament. Well, I, I would say they, uh, uh, Butler, too. Butler did, too. You're right. two yes. Indiana schools. It was right. Purdue and Butler mm-hmm. both hung in Florida. Very and true. Jackson State did not. No. No, they did not. My second question that we got, and again, I got this online, um, but I wanted to pass this along to all of you. What would it take for you to go streaking at the Super Bowl? Because you're you're going to get arrested, you're going to be charged, you're going to get booked, you're going to get processed, you're probably going to have a trial, you may go to jail. What would it take for you to actually go streaking? Because it seems like we see a streaker at every Super Bowl. We saw it at last Super Bowl, yeah, was, um, which it was it was actually two of them. I don't know if you saw. It was not just one, but two. But what would it take? First off. If you go streaking, not even like be like, haha, you have to go nude. Like, if you're going to do it, let's go full. Like, if you're going to do it, you're, you're doing it. You're doing a bit. You're, you're doing it for real. You're, yeah. we're, we're, do, we're doing this, okay? okay? So, there's no chance if I'm doing it, I'm doing it. That being said, uh, well, hold on. I, La- ladies, what's your thoughts? How much to go streaking at the Super Bowl? How much what? How much to go streaking at the Super Bowl? Yeah, screw us. Let's get the answers. Yeah. Like, money wise? Uh, what would it whatever, take? What yeah, would it whatever take? you think is monetary value. You're, uh, no, yeah, you, yourself. I think it wouldn't be as bad for a woman. No amount of money would make me do that. No, no amount of money. So, not, so $10 million and you're not going streaking. Absolutely. Bezos offers you one bill. You're not doing it. I would. I don't want his money. I would. Okay, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Warren Buffett, one bill. If you got okay. a date with Jordan Spieth, would you do it? 
Wow. You could come on the Did D1 Done podcast if you did it. Technically, already on it. No, part. this is in an unofficial capacity, so this doesn't count. <laughs> I'd, I'd do it for 10K. I was going to say, probably like 10, 10 grand. Yeah. I would probably do it, honestly. Yeah, I would too. Now, that, you also have to think, take into account, you know, you got to cover attorney fees and things like that. I, I think the biggest part but is the story though you job, straight yeah. death the, the story Bowl. of that of that happening yes you like um, tried to put Mahomes on the field and stuff something like, like that <laughs> yeah but also I, I'm probably losing my job and I'm probably I not going to I'm probably not going to get another it. job so 10 like initially on the surface 10k probably but I, I'm thinking probably at least 250 like it's got to be a big number because I got to set myself up. But honestly, though, we're going to start a GoFundMe to start raising money to get Robbie the streak <laughs> at the Super Bowl next year. But, uh, Not me, no. But like in the day and age of like, you could have some like, you could be on some like, you'd be like famous in store some sort of way, right? You could be on like reality yeah. TV and stuff like that, do some podcast. I'm sure you could parlay it into something, but yeah. Our last question, and this is kind of playing off of what we had last week, and this is from our pal Mitch Miller. What do you think would be the easiest for a person off the street to do? Rush for a single yard in the NFL, score a point in the NBA, or be the goaltender in the NHL? That's because since the that's because since the NHL has had Can I finish the question? Can Robbie finish, Kelly? Since Cut the NHL part. has had a decent amount of history in civilians playing in games because the goalies get hurt. I still say hitting in baseball is harder than all of those, but out of those three, thanks. I, and I, I completely agree, Mitch, yes. I'm going to answer quickly. It's getting one yard rushing because, to me, that you're relying on the offensive line, the quarterback, the everything what, else. The question is easiest? The easiest, okay. yes. I think getting one yard because all you have to do is run straight, not fumble the ball, and hope that there's – just an inch just get a push line. forward, yeah. and you can find a way to get a because, yard. Because yeah. the other ones, you have to actually perform. And again, again getting one yard is not easy at all, no. whatsoever. But if you're going to put with that, I think that's the easiest one to get because you're other people who are professional. That's help that's you. in the moment in a game. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I would agree. The premise of this is I like like if I stepped on the NBA court, they'd probably double someone else, right, and leave me open. Like, probably. The premise of this is like they are somewhat guarding you, or like the defense in football. Is trying to tackle you, right? Like they, I think it's basketball. I think still, I because uh, I just think that closing speed in football is just they're so fast. And I don't not. know. I, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, trust yeah, me. I, I'm not mm-hmm. like confident. Well, what I'm, saying. I'm, I'm, just, I'm imagining an offensive line being like, let's get this little guy, you know, a yard, right? Right? Like we just <sighs> we, we right, got to bust our butts off for one play to expand this opening. Yeah, you might. And, and as long as you get on scrimmage, just dive, and you're probably gonna have a concussion. But enjoy it. Right, just get there. That's all you, you got. You just do. need a yard. Yes. What do you think? I, I'm probably doing the yard as well, but I mean, I can get buckets. So just put me out there, and I'm gonna get. <laughs> By the way, this stuff in NHL just for fear factor. You would be so freaking scared of that puck. I cannot imagine anyone would be like. Again, hockey might be easiest because they could hit you in the chest. You could get lucky. You have enough padding on you. You, you should, you'll be okay. But again, right, you're probably I'm not. Okay, but mentally, you are. Oh yeah, mortified. I, I can't really. I'm not a great ice skater. To begin with, so that's too. also something else you have to consider too. All right, I'm gonna up up this question real quick. Would you rather have to be hockey goalie on one breakaway with no pads, or no with pad. no pads, or try to get that one yard with no pads? <sighs> one yard because you just you can dive. I'm gonna dive. Yeah, I'm gonna dive. That's I, I was thinking too. I was probably well, just, I now you're for sure going head to head against. I, I'm just gonna die. Dom can sue with his helmet on. So ba- basically, here's what here here's so it's death. 
Yeah, that's what's on the line. Is you have to get a yard or you die. This like you have public, to stop the puck or you die. This is a public execution. How do you want to go out? How scary up someone coming like on a uh, fast break? Austin Matthews going yeah, down at you. Coming at you and you're I mean, that's when you just give up. Turn around. I, I would go the one yard. Surely I mean put me behind a good offensive line that can actually get a push. But I was saying like automatic basketball, you could just like like if the ball just bounced to you by the rim, you just throw it up real quick. Or like you just like they just you get they're not paying attention to you on defense. You just kind of leak to the short corner. The damage of Nick like delicately just being <laughs> the best and just like I just, think those, I just think those closing speeds, those linebackers, like Dre Greenlaw coming at you. Like could you I would get be that? Sca- I would be so scared. I'd be so scared. Anyway, that that's a great question. It is. Thank you, Mitch, for that question. Again, please submit your questions on social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you can find us. By the way, we are now on YouTube, mm. so you can find all of our episodes on YouTube, where you can listen to us there as well. Before we wrap up the show, it's time to gather around the campfire Ooh. and listen to another great Dusty Mills college basketball story. And I was promised that Dusty brought a good story to share for the masses today. I was telling this one to my wife, actually. Um, so sorry you're hearing this again, Haley. But in honor of Kentucky winning at Auburn yesterday, my one year at Kentucky, we played at Auburn. Auburn was very bad that year. We I think we won by one of our few big victories. Won by probably fifteen or twenty. But as you imagine, during warm-ups before the game, I was getting mocked because Auburn still had a decent student section. It's probably they've always had like yeah. a pretty spicy student section. It was probably yeah. six, seven rows deep, which is pretty good. And they were very loud, very obnoxious. And I got taunted a lot because I'm this short white guy who you know was wearing flamboyant high socks, whatnot. Why so did I'm, you ever do? Why did you wear those high socks? Remember the stories they gave me them day one, and they went above my calves because they thought they're going to be crew socks like everyone else. And then finally, <laughs> just owned it, and you just went for it. Yeah, it just okay. went from there. Right. So I'm getting mocked a ton during warm up. So I finally, at one point, I'm like just stretching as like you know the important players are shooting around and whatnot. And the guy who was clearly running the student section just kept saying my name, and so I kind of just kind of walked over to him as I'm like stretching my hamstrings. I was like, "What's up, man?" And he basically admitted that he's trying to get in my head. And I was like, why do you care about me? Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not playing. Yeah, I'm not going to be doing I'm anything. I'm not going to have an impact game. on this game. What are you doing? So I wish I knew this guy's name. So if you ever remember the story, Auburn fan, and you remember me, um, him and I ended up hitting it off for about 10 minutes and had just a great conversation. And so what happened was the entire Auburn student section, he went and told all of his buddies, like, this is actually like a really fun guy to talk to. I love that. So the entire second half as we're being Auburn, Every dead ball, the Auburn student section is chanting, we want Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> just like, That's amazing. amazing. Like under 12 timeout, we're in a huddle. Gillespie's giving out the plays, and you can just hear, we want Dusty. It's not Rupp Arena. We're at Auburn. Right, you're at Auburn Arena. just a bunch of, for all I know, you know, inebriated college kids just Probably. chanting that. Yeah. And Did I, you know this story? No. I love that. This is great. This is why we're doing the podcast right here, is you have all these stories that we have not heard before. Well, you also could just be making this stuff up, and we have we yeah. have no it's, idea. It's like a That's gran- what I actually do all because I'm trying to think of like what can I fantasize. <laughs> I, I love this. It's like a grandfather is going to die soon. So we're just getting all the stories now. <laughs> getting all getting out on record too to play for my kids one day. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, guys, the trilogy is complete. We are three episodes into the D1 and Done Pod. Any last news and notes, shout outs, mentions that I may have misplaced or Three forgotten over this time. And still no wins from Nick. That's uh, what I have. You got to get the ball in the hoop, and I get the shuttlecock over the net. Please, for the love of God, NC State, please win. <laughs> please win. Or else I'm going to gobble, gobble. <laughs> do not do this to Nick. Again, Nick- I, I still maintain the fourth loss 
I, we pick out a terrible college basketball game you have to go to, and you got to fly there and do it on your own dime. I, I on love my that. own dime? On your, I'm about to quit. We're not, play, we're not paying you. No, I, well, I, I, might quit. I, I will pitch in to help. Please, NC State. I, please, NC State. I do State. have one final thing to say. One thing I wanted to get to when we didn't is we were talking about the All-Star game being here. It made me think of at some point on this show, I think it's it would be fun to tell stories about how amazing high school and college basketball actually is in Indiana. Yeah. So I want our viewers to know if you ever get bored, obviously the movie Hoosiers is based on a high school called Milan here in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And for Robbie's bachelor party, we actually played open gym at the high school, which is called Knightstown, um, in their gym. So if you ever want to look that up, that's just a cool factoid of something, and that's where they filmed Hoosiers. So Definitely one like a bucket list moment right there. Yes, that uh, cool. is still one of my favorite things that you guys ever did for me. So thank you for that. Had a lot of fun there. All right, that does it for episode three of the D1 and Done Pod. We will be back for episode four next Sunday. Until then, we hope you enjoy the great sounds of Dusty's Gatorade water bottle and the fact that we aren't going anywhere. We're coming back and go Wolfpack, baby. Go Pack, go. Go Pack, go. We'll see you next week. Go.